Batman, something's going on. That's yeah. That's not normal. It's part of some kind of reptilian agenda, and I'm not going to stand for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, we got Johnny off track Depp. there. Johnny Depp. So he he declared victory. Um, he got some you know pooper scoopers and some cat litter, and they threw it at Amber Heard. You know, flung it at her. Your Honor, I have damages so I can purchase a new litter box. <clears throat> you know, good God! And uh, so he went to out to some nice, he went out to some nice Indian restaurant and dropped like fifty grand. It said with Jeff Beck and his crew, the guy closed the restaurant down. I think it was probably Johnny Depp and like twenty in his entourage, and wow. um, he just hung out. And then there was a period of time where Johnny wanted to get away from everybody. So he went into the, the owner of the manager's office with the CCTV and he just wanted the people watch people on the CCTV with the owner. And the guy said that was surreal to sit there with Captain Jack Sparrow and uh, people watch on CCTV in his restaurant. That'd be a pretty surreal moment. Yeah. I mean, he wanted to do basically what billions of people around the world have been doing the last couple months, which is watch him. You know, I, I, I submit to you, he gave the performance of his entire career. You know, this is the com this is the comeback performance. I think in a lot of ways, you know, he's, he's, he's like, "Yes, Your Honor." Yeah, it's, dude, it's just it's incredible. It's like freak circus, dude. Like between that and all the mass shootings and all the friggin' you know shit that's going on with inflation and gas being over five dollars a gallon, that's it's like, how, how far are they going to push this thing, man? Where, where are we gonna? Where is this all leading to? You know, well, the next part to the Caribbean where he fights a big turd monster out in the Black Sea, and, they get, and, and then you know, before you know it, Kara Knightley pops out covered in amber and shit. You know, <laughs> I was gonna say, Orlando, he blooms out, yeah, Orlando, Orlando, Orlando blooms turd out, turd blossom, Orlando, turd yeah. bloom, dude. I watched the first three episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi, and I gotta say, oh. the third, the third one they just released it sucked, it was, it was so bad, dude. Not to spoil too much, but this was the big uh, reunion that everyone's been waiting for since Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It's it it dog shit. I'd rather see Amber Heard poop on Johnny Depp's bed. Oh, really? Is <laughs> that bad? It was pretty bad. Yeah. I, I was. I was, was it really, cheesy? It was cheesy. It, it didn't. Cheap. It didn't make any. It didn't make any sense plot wise. Yeah. It was. It was stupid. Yeah, it because I, I thought when you see them in A New Hope, that's the first time they see saw each other um, since. Obi-Wan rendered um, Anakin into a sack of potatoes there in the lava pit. I have the high ground. Don't do it, Anakin. He's like, you underestimate my power. And then he flips and he becomes a bag of Idaho. Ah. Yeah. He delimits. I think he cuts, what, uh, both his legs and one of his arms off? In an arm off. Yeah, he fucking turns him into Max Cleland, yeah. you know, basically. Didn't he pass? Max yeah, Cleland. rest in peace, Mac Cleland. One of the only guys who was part of that 9-11 bullshit cover-up who had a fucking soul and he resigned from the commission. Yeah, Cleland was saying in like 2004 or late 03 when that shit was happening that, uh, you know, the White House was completely stalling on documents and they weren't letting them have access to, you know, anything. And, you know, Bush right. and Cheney had to get their story straight and they testified together behind closed doors without a record of it being ever released to the public. That's, you know, speaking of, speaking of documents we'd like to see, I'd like to see the minutes of uh, Dick Cheney and George W. Bush's testimony to the 9-11 Commission. You know, what, what yeah. was, imagine what that freak circus have, looked like. We have more insight into Amber Heard's fecal patterns than we do the 9-11 Commission. You know? We do, and it's certainly more important. Yeah. Yeah, well, what happened was is the Amber Heard pooped, and then she wiped her ass with the uh, documents. Yeah. So we're not able to see 
Yeah, we have um, so we have stool samples from the Johnny Depp trial, but we're missing JFK's brain still. <laughs> More people know about the, the stool sample from the Johnny Depp trial than they do about the uh, you know. Yeah. About the, uh, the but I don't, I don't think Johnny Depp made it to Bilderberg this year, but there were some interesting people. Of course, the Grand Poobah himself, Henry Kissinger, ninety-nine years old, seen sliming around the hotel down in D.C. right near the Jefferson um, Monument, and uh, man, what, like what? What uh, you know? What compels you when you're 99? Like being able to have a bowel movement on your own, being able to see you know children suffer in a, in a, a brown country. Like, well, what is it that like gets him out of bed every morning? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. He's just it, it, he's a slug. It's a really bizarre turn of events when you find yourself agreeing with Kissinger's latest public uh, proclamation that Ukraine needs to just come to a uh, you know yeah throw in the uh, towel. Yeah, they need to. They need to negotiate. They're going to have to eventually negotiate. There's no other way the war is going to going to end over there, because you're delusional if you think that it's going to be won by the United States taxpayers giving Raytheon billions of dollars to send armaments to to kill people. That's not going to win it. Yeah, it's just a money laundering operation. Um, so yeah, final thoughts on Johnny Depp. He did really well, Mike. He he came out the winner. The winner takes it all, and. Uh, you know, it was kind of a hashtag believe all men at this point, or men too, you know? Yeah, well, men can give birth, right? So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's. I think it's something like that. Sure, so they, can win, they can win domestic abuse cases now too. Well, with all the, well, with all the abortion stuff that people are have their hair on fire about, um, the Calvin Klein ad campaign had, had featured a pregnant man. So I would think now that men ovulate or, you know, have have a uterus, can have a womb, all that. Men can give birth. So I think the discussion is going to open up a lot more with the whole abortion thing, even if it does go back to the States, which essentially would, would be what would happen if uh, Roe v. Wade was repealed, right? It would basically go back to the States. And it's already been the last few years, it looks like it's already, they've made it a lot harder in a lot of States for, for women to, to have an abortion. So yeah, what's a, that whole that's a sad state of affairs, that whole topic. Well, Top Gun Maverick was fucking amazing. You know, that's 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 a that was not an abortion. That was a military industrial complex psyop that that works for me. You know, yeah. find the find the one that works for you, bike. It's the one that works for me. Why did it work for you? What was it about it that really it that just, just worked kinda... to me that it worked for me? They did enough callbacks to the original that was good, you know, honor the original, but then it kind of did its own thing in some ways. And it was, I mean, visually just beautiful seeing those death machines uh, with, you know, Miles Teller with his shirt off and they were playing, where were they playing volleyball? Yeah. They're playing volleyball on the beach, dude. They had the volleyball. Lady, they had Lady Gaga dialed into the soundtrack. Yeah. And um, you know, Tom Cruise is what? 16, 59. Yeah. He's almost 60. He's yeah. almost 60. I mean, he's, he's still in amazing shape running around. Um, you know, with four inch lifts and it was a big win for Scientology overall. The whole thing was, was a massive win for Scientology, Mike. I thought it was a great recruitment tool for LRH and for the Navy. I mean, the original back in 86, uh, Navy recruiters would literally hang outside the movie theater trying to recruit people and they did very well. And I'd be very interested to see what the Pentagon's recruitment numbers look like in the next, uh, you know, uh, you know, four to six months. I think you're going to see the next quarter, see how the yeah, numbers do. I think you'll see a spike, and I think it's interesting very early on in the movie 
when they bring in Ed Harris's skull. They just kind of had his skull like at a desk. You know, he, was, he was angry. He just, you know, it had him in like a two-minute scene being pissed off at Tom Cruise as the uh, ring. I think he was coming back as the character he played in The Rock. He actually survived. They didn't show what happened. I was going to say they scraped him up from The Rock there in Alcatraz. And they well, what happened was when he injected with the thing, he actually had Cipro that he took just before the missile went off. So he survived. He swam out from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood on that little dinghy, and uh, they beat the shark that attacked the dinghy. And he survived and was in Top Gun Maverick. Well, he linked up with the Sea Org. The, uh, but yeah, Sea Org picked him up. Sea Org picked him up and brought him on set for Top Gun 2 Maverick. He had to scrub the, the deck of the Sea Org uh, L. Ron Hubbard uh, ship, the USS L. Ron Hubbard, with uh, his tongue. Oh. And he got that role. But it, um, it was interesting at the beginning when they were really kind of saying, you're, you're antiquated, you're done, you're being replaced by drone warfare. The way they just sneak shit like that in there, man, to, to make yeah, it. They couch it running. It is perfectly fine to drone bomb children in Pakistan or far off countries, non-aligned terrorist states. Well, the way the way the discussion is framed in the mainstream, in all the na acceptable narratives, and especially in a film like Top Gun, is is human. Uh, you know, I'm, we're not going to have to sacrifice any men in those planes. We're, it's like, well, why are we? The discussion is not. We sh why are we sending the men over there in the first place? That's not even the discussion that's had. It's just we have these death machines. We're going to send them over. We're going to drop bombs. We're going to rain hellfire, and it's going to be done. You know, by a joystick by somebody in a fucking trailer out in Nevada, you know? But, um, yeah, it was interesting. In this Top Gun and the first one, the enemy was an un... You didn't, never saw their face, and they were never actually identified. And I think the director did that to give it kind of a um, a uh, timeless feel. They didn't want to... Oh, a timeless feel. I don't want to piss off the Chinese when they're going to release the movie <laughs> out in that market. You know? or, or inflame the Russian situation. Yeah, but, like, the enemies can't be Russian or Chinese, and obviously they're not, you know, uh, a Middle Eastern enemy because... They don't have, you know, an air force to speak of like that. Well, it could have been the Afghan uh, air force with our planes. With our <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, shit, man. Why don't we do the Taliban? <laughs> yeah, is, is, is the Taliban selling arms to Ukraine? Because they should. They make a lot of money. It's it's so. I mean, that's when I knew that General Milley was a dumb motherfucker. Okay, I wouldn't <laughs> have left a plane, a boat, a jeep, a screw, screw. Screw. I would have left the screw. I would have fueled that thing up, and I would have driven it or flown it right to Pakistan. Okay, I would have brought it right to right to Pakistan. I would have left the screw. Yeah, he's like, well, just fill it up with a little bit of gas. I mean, if you could afford the gas with Brandon's uh, gas prices, put some gas in it and fly it to Pakistan. <laughs> that was incredible when he said that, Mike. But I just, you know, it just helped me believe again, Mike. It helped me believe again, Tom Cruise. And, and I think the most unbelievable part was that house that Jennifer Connelly owned on a bartender's salary. You yeah, know, that's probably a money laundering front, like vis a vis Casablanca, you know, the car, that she, the car that she drove. And uh, boy, she's timeless, though, huh? I mean, the, the, the Hollywood system, man, is you got to, how many baby bass, baby blood you got to do to look that good? Well, it's, you know, Girl. Jennifer Connelly, she was really one of my first crushes growing up as a kid, like watching her in Labyrinth when I was oh, probably, Labyrinth. I was probably like eight watching Labyrinth and she was a teenager or however old she was. And, yeah, well, it's interesting because so Jennifer Connelly was in it, and she's of course younger than Tom Cruise, but she's she's less younger than what they who they typically cast to play a Tom Cruise girlfriend or a love interest. Like, you know, she's like fifty, he's like fifty nine. Right, it wasn't um, your typical but, where they had Clint Eastwood as the lead at ninety one, and then eleven as a love interest. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his his cry macho movie that he did, man. That was that was a little like. Oh, 
what the hell is this, man? It's like Weekend at Bernie's when he was dancing with the girl in the bar, you know? It's like, but um, no, because Kelly uh, McGillis, who was in the first one, who played the, the beautiful blonde instructor that Tom Cruise falls for, um, had complained a couple of years ago that she wasn't cast in the new one. And so she was talking about, you know, sexism and ageism in, in Hollywood or whatever. And she obviously has a point there, but it's also like, well, you know, look as good as Tom Cruise at 59. You, you try, you know, I submit that to anybody. That's the moral of the story. You need to stay in shape like Tom Cruise. And with the success of this, I'm hoping they bankroll the Eyes Wide Shut sequel. Eyes Wide Open. Eyes Wide Open, folks. Yeah, God, that would be something. Find out, find out what happened with him and Kidman in their marriage, and and then it will come to light about Nicole Kidman's father, Anthony Kidman, how he was a high priest of MK Ultra in Australia. Well, what they're going to do is they're going to do what they did with Peter Cushing in Rogue One. They're going to they're going to do a CGI version of Anthony Kidman. They're going to have him fly back from Australia. He survives uh, the COVID lockdowns and then comes back, and he's and in the a movie. couple of Filipino lady boys in the back who their age is ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He hides one of them in C-3PO or R2-D2. Yeah, he has them serving drink on, on Jabba's ship, you know? Good. That's going to They're going to shoehorn that into the Book of Boba Fett, which uh, that 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 uh, season there, Book of Boba Fett kind of sucked too overall, other than the episodes where they had the Mandalorian show up. Yeah, you and know? then Trejo shows up too, right? Trejo was pretty good. Yeah, he shows up. He but, comes uh, out from the cartel and ends up in Star Wars, you know? Yeah, well, they took his head off the turtle in Breaking Bad, and they just superimposed it onto a you know a junk trader on Tatooine. You know, <laughs> all they're doing is just borrowing from this. It's, Tony's like it's just twenty actors. It's like twenty dudes that you see over twenty years. You know, they're in everything. <laughs> so if we got a couple of uh, hellos here. Adam Fitzgerald is in the yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll pop up some stuff. Yeah. So yeah, P1 Dizzy sending us some love. Uh, Ryan gave you a nice shout out. P1 Dizzy at the New Mex screening. Um, in Houston, you know, she's uh, just a tremendous supporter of the Four Horsemen, of the ANC Report, the Naturalist Capitalist, Jackman Radio, this whole syndicate that we have going, quite frankly, this criminal mafia syndicate that we have. Unbelievable. Almost as gangster as the criminals who stole the nuclear secrets to create Israel's nuclear plan, quite frankly. Gentlemen, indeed. Poopsie, though, by H. Poop. Hey, Poopsie. Hey, Poopsie. Keeping the dream alive for the Whalers. Yep, they're coming back with Kevin Deneen. With the Beatles. Yeah, they're going to come back with the Beatles. Let me see if I can turn my game down. Sorry, I'm a, sorry, guys, if I'm a little echoey. Please let us know how I sound, how we're sounding. Hopefully that's yeah, better. Says, Good evening, Jackman Brothers. Good to see you back doing live video again. Yeah, we were off for a little bit. A little bit of a break. We got a... Uh, Mitchell Blasker, you have a word out of it. That's pretty good spelling out of it. It's like a new language, you have a word out of it. You have a word out I like that. Pirates of the Cornhole Being. Nice. And then Adam makes the point, evil tends to live long. Boy, does it ever. Oh, yeah, about Henry Kissinger. Yeah, I like the tagline, evil never dies. You know? Yeah, scum, man. They just, they don't. They keep you going. They should put Kissinger in the next uh, Halloween film because he killed way more people than Michael Myers. Yeah. And don't be shy with the Super Chats, guys. You know, I'm, we're on the bread line here. We're basically, this is like bread line, Soviet era, soup soup lines is what we Yeah, are. we only got $1 billion of the 40 that was sent. 
you know, they only gave us one billion of that. So we're, yeah. we're doing our best here in New Hampshire. Hello from Castro Trudeau, Canada. Hey, Tyler. Giddy up. Love you guys. I love you too. I love you, P1. Like, how hey, the more, the more non, the more mon. The Demogorgon. Nice. Boy, we love Jackman. We love Jackman. <laughs> Thanks, Denmark. Yeah, I started watching, um, I think it's called Under the Banner of Heaven, about a, uh, it's a true story um, about a, a double murder that took place in the Mormon community. I believe it was out in Utah. And they got Andrew Garfield, who was, uh, you know, the, the, the middle, mid-range Spider-Man, uh, to play this young Mormon detective who comes in and interrogates the main suspect. And uh, it's got a little bit of a true detective vibe, but it's, I don't know. I'm only a couple episodes in. It's a little, it drags a little, but I, I think I might, I might try and I might hang with it. I might try and hang with You're it. You're not sure if you believe it or not. Well, I haven't seen any magic underwear or any of the anal rings that uh, what was it, Joseph Smith or whatever his name is. Yeah, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith allegedly found like a cache of like anal rings or something or anal beads, and then he found a bunch of butt plugs in some yeah some hill buried in some hill. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But we lost another Titan, uh, Ray Liotta, man. Rest in peace. One of the one of the finest to come from New Jersey, you know. And uh, I, yeah. I revisit. You what? I revisited um, Goodfellas and uh, Identity. Obviously, Goodfellas was around the uh, just after Feel the Dreams. So you know that one, and then I think it was something wild. Uh, Directed by, um, I forget what director, but it was, I think Something Wild was his first uh, big role. Him and Jeff Daniels and Melanie Griffith, I think. And then he did um, Feel the Dreams, which actually I, I uh, read an interview Leota did. He never watched Feel the Dreams. He's never actually, he never actually saw it. Because when he went to the premiere um, to see it in the theater, his I guess his mother was sick and, and dying. And something, I think she passed during that time. So he had to leave the screening of it and he just so he just associated it with that event he never watched it and uh you know he, he doesn't like to he it sounded like he was one of those artists that didn't like to watch or listen to the, a lot of their own stuff you hear that a lot of the time from like you know musicians after they've produced a song or, or actors or directors who um after they've kind of you know been working on it for a number of years and they've already had to see the rough cut or whatever they didn't you know they move on they've never watched it but um yeah, I revisited Goodfellas and then uh, Identity, a film he did in like 2003 with John Cusack, where he just kind of played a uh, a detective, but there's something more going on under the surface. And uh, then, of course, his turn as uh, Krendler, Agent Paul Krendler in um, Hannibal is one of his best. So, yeah, yeah, Leota, when he's he's uh, he's talking to Verger, you know, he's like, uh, uh, so how, how much is it going to be? He's like, five. <laughs> five. Why, why don't you say it like it? Toss it out there like it's five. Why don't you say it but give it the respect it deserves? Five hundred thousand dollars. That's better, but not much. But, I mean, that scene, dude. You know, it's essential. And then the uh, the scene of uh, Anthony Hopkins feeding him his own brain, <laughs> which was spoofed brilliantly in I think Scary Movie uh, two or three. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Speaking of dark and true detective, lots of interesting stuff coming out of Utah right now, Mike. Oh yeah, Jesus. That's yeah, that real that true ring, detective. that ring that goes back like 15, 30 years with um, 
over a dozen, you know, families and people connected to it. Supposedly, this is this is mainstream news stuff. This is what is it? Eric, a local Fox affiliate, or what was the yeah, what yeah. was the deal on this story? Yeah, it's uh, Utah historic uh, child abuse and a child trafficking ring in three different counties, going back 1990 to 2010, and the um, you know a sheriff out there has has the uh, has the uh, case case going and has uh, <clears throat> had a press conference, and um, he's basically a, I think a county attorney is being. Uh, accused or I don't know if he said him by name um, about being tied to this group that, you know, murdered children and there's, there's charges of cannibalism and it's, it's straight out of true detective. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me a lot of the Franklin scandal, of course, which uh, is referenced in true detective season three and clearly, uh, you know, Pazzaluto or whatever his name is, Nick Pazzaluto who wrote it and created it, did a lot of research into that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's supposedly in this document. I don't think the whole thing, the whole report was released, but it's, I think it's like 130 or 200 pages or something like that. Um, this, uh, you know, state official is mentioned in that. And then, yeah, they talk, they talk about things like cannibalism and child abuse. So Levitt uh, is his name. Levitt? Levitt's his last name. Yeah. And he's beefing with the sheriff, right? He's a county attorney and he's beefing with the sheriff. And he called for the sheriff to resign. The sheriff said he's not resigning. Right. So, and what what's the part of the story, Eric, where um, somebody fled and and uh, faked their own death and went to Europe? What's what's the connection there that you read about? Reed Drake, oh, I'm a veteran. I am a veteran. <laughs> oh God, we got Reed Coverdale. You got I'm the naturalist capitalist in the house. I I'm driving home and I didn't want to miss the whole thing. So when I get back, I'll get on my computer. But I figured. You can have me in the base Dawson cap for now. So, yeah, see the gear that he's wearing, Mike. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, nice because I saw Ryan wearing your uh, naturalist cap with a sweatshirt, and you're wearing an A&C hat. We we got to get some swag up here in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Some, uh, some wife swapping while we were out there. You guys, like, <laughs> you guys like the Una Dawson, dude. Yeah, with the with the uh, with the aviators with the hoodie. <laughs> yeah, that's everything. <laughs> I took that picture, dude. I was I was just saying, Reed. We had there was there was a lot of great Four Horsemen, uh, you know, fans out there. In oh, Texas. dude, we were like, we were we were a big part of that event. I'd say we were given a rock a rock stars welcome, you know. Yeah, we really were. But I heard you had a you had a lot of Liberty Boys buying you guys drinks. I heard, dude. When <laughs> the funniest thing was, I you know every time you address Daniel McAdams, uh, co-host on the. Ron Paul Liberty Report and executive director of the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. You have to call him uh, Daniel McAdams, co-host on the Ron Paul Liberty Report and executive director of the uh, Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. And then on the flyer, that's what it said right at the top. It said, uh, you know, Daniel McAdams, uh, co-host on the Ron Paul Liberty Report, executive director of the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. I'm getting pretty good at saying it. Really fast. Yeah, you get, you're getting it down, man. you you got a future in uh, announcing ahead of you. It's a good flow, yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like we've got a super chat from Adam Fitzgerald on, on a, a topic that you and Vince touched on in one of your recent streams uh, when you talked about the papayas on um, the gun issue. And uh, this is what Adam said. Uh, and thank you, Adam, for the super chat. He said, I'd like to get your thoughts on the recent spike of mass shootings lately. 
With the debate of the gun issue from political affiliates on both sides, the issue of mental health goes ignored. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's an interesting point to look at. And um, I actually just watched a really um, emotional and uh, touching TED Talk, believe it or not. And I'm not joking. I know we've, we riff on the TED Talks, but um, the name of the talk is I Was Almost a School Shooter. And it's this guy who is now in his 40s. And back in the mid-90s, you know, he came from a very neglectful household, um, you know, alcoholic parents. Uh, his father left. His mother was just abusive to him, treated him horribly, told him he wasn't worth anything. He was bullied at school. Um, he just, you know, he just got to a point where he was suicidal. He was cutting himself. He really didn't feel like he had any sense of self-worth. And he said what saved him was a gesture from, you know, who he thought was his very last friend, you know, because he, you know, he stole from his friends. He uh, burned every bridge that he had. And he was staying with this one friend in, in basically a rundown shack on his property. And the friend just kind of came out to check on him and say, hey, man, I can, you know, I can, I can tell you're not doing well, man. You want to, you want to come in and get some food and just, just hang out? You know, you want to go watch your favorite movie or something. And he basically said, in a nutshell, that simple gesture of humanity, you know, caused him to go and get the help that he needed. And because he was going to, he'd either already purchased a gun or he was going to get a gun um, from, you know, a gang that was hanging out near the school that he knew had ex that had guns. And uh, he decided not to do it and he got help. And today he's gone through therapy. He's, he's recovered, uh, got the help that he needed. And, um, He's, uh, he's got kids of his own and a wife, and he's still friends with the guy that basically saved his life. So I think that's one story that should be heard in the whole dialogue about school shootings, um, about how they, one way that they can be prevented. And there's a multitude of ways, of course, but I think that's an important part of the discussion. Yeah, Ron, in his speech, he actually, I don't think he talked about school shootings at all, but he did bring up the idea that we're just becoming a morally deficient society. You know, I mean... I don't know if you guys saw this drag your kids to um, what was it? Drag your kids to queer day or drag your kids to, I forget what it was called, but it was like bringing children to a, a drag show where they were like stuffing dollar bills in the underwear of these drag Queens and shit. It's fucking vile, but there's that type of stuff going on. You know, there's ten, tons of families that don't have uh, fathers, um, because they leave or they're deadbeats or they get killed in gang violence or whatever. Uh, and you got all these systems that we have set up that uh, they, they do one of two things. They either punish you like the war on drugs, you know, so you get thrown in uh, prison and then you get a record and you can never get a job and you can never get ahead. And so that ruins fathers who can't, you know, take uh, care of their kids anymore. They're either forced into drug dealing or running guns or something illegal or they just can't get a job legally anymore and then the other thing is you know this happens early in school if you're a special ed kid instead of uh being treated like a normal person who's just not quite as fast as everyone else they try to put you on medications and then they just start treating you differently like i'm a bit darwinistic i think we need to go back to where we treat everybody the same more or less like obviously some people are gonna have a little bit harder time learning and if they need a little extra help whatever but they shouldn't be catered to or treated like they're you know subhuman or something like when you 
treat people who have a hard time the same as everyone else. Or if you even tell them, Hey, if you're going to make it in this world, you've got to, you know, you've got to actually work harder. You're doing them a service for when they're older, like treating them like they're just retards or whatever, and not giving them, uh, you know, any chance to, uh, be treated like a normal person and have to, you know, contribute in the real world. I think that's really done a disservice. So, um, I think there's so many faceted layers to this and, you know, what a lot of leftists will say is, oh, yeah, you say you care about mental health, but you don't want to increase government funding for it. Well, you know, all these like government run schools, uh, you know, government run programs. I don't think they do increase the mental health of people. I think they do the opposite. You know, every time something some program is given more money all it's designed to do is enrich itself, you know, and that's how our entire system is designed. Like none of this is to cure you or heal you. It's to get you addicted or get you on a prescription and just turn you into a money-making machine. And I don't know, it's screwed up. Like we, we need community again. We need family. We need, uh, people who are, you know, deep of deep moral character and care about each other. And, um, I, th- I don't know. There's, there's not like a real easy cut in your hand to how do we get off of this, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I remember you're, you're right about all that, Reed. And I remember hearing Ron say that um, in his speech that just overall caring for one another and being neighborly and kind and having empathy and looking out for one another. Um, and uh, I think the media more wants us to have us believe that's fallen more by the wayside than it actually has. Um, because, you know, I, 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 I'm still pretty optimistic that people are actually good at their core. And you can always pull from examples, whether you run out of gas one time where you got stuck on the side of the road here in New Hampshire and someone drove by and they helped you get out or they called for a, a um, tow truck or, or something to help you with. Um, but it's, it, it is easy to get down. I mean, because we, we all are doom scrollers and we just have that going on 24-7 and we're in that loop. And it certainly kind of leads to an environment where there is despair and hopelessness and you lose, you lose your faith in humanity. But, you know, after the, the weekend we had there, man, in Texas, I had a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of my faith restored knowing that there's still a lot of people out there who do care and do think about this stuff and, and do talk to their neighbors and their friends and their family about it. And that's what can lead individuals away from isolation if they have problems and they are down in the dumps and they're thinking about doing something horrific, like going into public and committing a mass shooting. So um, that certainly needs to be part of the conversation and the, the family. Yeah. The, 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 the foundation of civilized society is, is the family unit, you know, and, and not having a, a mother and a father is, is horrible. And I know that not everyone is, is, fortunate and lucky enough to have that. I was, Mike and I were so lucky and blessed that we had that. We had a stable household. We had both our parents and they were both involved and invested and cared about us. And I know not everybody gets that, but it it is, you know, it really is all connected and every little bit plays a role in what can ultimately lead to you being a well-adjusted normal person or someone who, who feels like an outcast who would get a gun and go do something like that. So well, Eric, I'll also say that the young people really seem to care about freedom and liberty. <laughs> yeah. they're, 
they're throwing the ways of their parents aside and realizing that we need freedom and people be, need to be able to choose. And if they want to be gay, be gay. And if you want to use gold, <laughs> buy gold. And we need a humble foreign policy. But I really have faith in the young people that they're going to start turning the ship around. <laughs> exactly. I really, I believe in the young people. And absolutely, Reed, if you're at Pride Week and you want to fashion a dildo out of gold and sit on it, you have every right to do it as long as you're uh, adult age and everyone's consenting. Freedom. <laughs> he's the best. He, dude, he, he's he's incredible. Uh, it was, I, know. I, I got to, you know, I've always thought it would be cool to be around famous people when they meet each other and I was there for the the Dawson Paul crossover, you know, like I was there to witness it. We all were. And we saw Dawson showing Dr. Paul the Biden crime syndicate map. That was that was something else, man. That was incredible. Yeah, Dawson's like, check this out, Dr. Paul. And uh, Ron Paul's like, oh, nice people. <laughs> they seem like nice people. You know? Yeah. Dude, hearing Daniel McAdams give Ron Paul a shout out, though, from the stage. Oh, uh, giving Dawson a shout out. I mean, yeah, giving Dawson a shout out. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, Dawson. Dawson's like, yeah, I wanted to bring formula from a first world country into a third world country. Yeah, it's incredible based, Mike. You know, it really is incredible based. Like that dude. I, we walk into the bar and Scott Ritter and Dawson are sitting at a table talking foreign policy, and I was just like, what? That was <laughs> this that is was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing, yeah. You know, Scott Ritter had a pretty kind of a more of a, uh, a different posturing than uh, the mainstream narrative on the whole Russia deal, didn't he? It sounds like. Yeah, China. So the, you know, we we get Tucker Carlson. He'll have you know a pretty good opinion on um, Ukraine, uh, but then once he starts talking about China, he's just out to lunch. But uh, Scott Ritter, he gave a fire speech for like twenty minutes about Ukraine and how we cannot win a European land war against Russia. And then the second half of his speech, it was all about Taiwan and China and how we cannot win a war against China and Taiwan is none of our business. And it was boost for sure. So. Yeah, there were there were high levels of base in that crowd. All kinds of good liberty boys. I was saying to uh, Eric Reed, I was saying that you guys uh, down there in Texas was the uh, opposite of the Bilderberg uh, meeting that happened over the, the same weekend. And um, this was the 68th Bilderberg meeting. It took place from June 2nd and it ended yesterday on Sunday in Washington, D.C. And uh, some of the key topics that they discussed this year, of course, were uh, geopolitical realignments, NATO challenges, China, uh, Russia, uh, disinformation, uh, Ukraine, post-pandemic health, uh, trade and deglobalization, um, you know, tech competition, um, energy security and sustainability. So they talked about all these things. And it's interesting because you had people in that room, like we talked about earlier, Henry Kissinger, who's a complete ghoul, total insider, uh, you know, been, been uh, you know, wreaking death and destruction around the globe for the better part of uh, six decades. And you had people like Peter Thiel, you had people from big tech, uh, people from, Facebook, uh, you had the head of Pfizer in the room. Um, you had all these people who make all these decisions that impact people all around the world. And the only mainstream media source that covered it was The Guardian. And uh, they, they did a pretty good write-up about that. Do you have uh, do you have that one pulled up there, The Guardian article? I, I haven't read it, but um, 
Yeah, it sounds like pretty much the opposite of what was going on in the Ron Paul uh, Institute <laughs> for Peace and Prosperity. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they didn't even announce it, that they were having Bilderberg this year or where it was going to be until, I think, Friday or Saturday. And um, Luke Radelski and another independent yeah, journalist made their way down there. A few instances where I would approve of a, you know, a drone strike that wasn't uh, authorized by congressional oversight. So. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that, and then the, the time machine scenario, Reed, where we go back in time in the DeLorean with Dr. Paul and we drone strike Jekyll Island. He's just like, well, great Scott, we're at Jekyll Island. We're going to bomb the shit out of this place. I think this is a good time to violate the nap and save humanity. It's happening. Yeah, you know? he's like, how will we build the roads where we're going? We don't need roads. Ah. <laughs> That's a common refrain you hear from people who hate libertarians. They're like, oh, oh, you, oh you're a libertarian and you don't like taxes? You like that road you're driving on? Yeah, muy roads. You know, yeah. that whole fucking tired thing that you hear from people who all have here. limited brain capacity. Yeah, it's funny because you know? I'm a truck driver. I sort of know a thing or two about roads, so... Yeah, Liberty's truck driver. Not retired, but would you would you call yourself semi-retired right now, Reed? I'm semi-retired. I'm I am an unemployed man at the moment, so it is true. Um, I've had the most amazing two weeks of my life. We went and reset in Reno, kicked out all the bitch fuck cucks, got you know the base people running the party again, and then did a road trip with Vince through the redwoods, and then went and hung out with Doctor Paul, and you know. Daniel McBased and Eric and uh, Ryan, so it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. How was it out there in uh, Vegas with uh, David Smith and the gang? What was uh, what was that like? Was it? It seemed like I, wa I watched a couple of the streams. It seemed pretty electric, man. Is that is that Ron Paul Revolution energy coming back? Oh yeah, it was. Well, the first day was gay as hell. It was like we didn't do anything. We vo we voted on voting to vote on whether or not we could vote. It was like the, it was stupid. It was all procedural bullshit. But then uh, day two, we started having the big elections. And day three, we just did a clean sweep of everybody. And all the right people were freaking out, like, I'm going to go join the Green Party. It's like, okay, goodbye. We don't want you anyways. So um, it was a good deal. It was a good show. So. Well, we understand that Jill Stein likes environment. And uh, she's not a Russian asset, but I hear she likes environment. I don't know. I know she it. likes environment, but I don't think she likes Russians. I don't know a lot about her, but I know she likes environment, and she's base plant lady. <laughs> Kelsey Gabbard is a I weapon of Russia. I don't know her. And then we were we were out there while Tulsi was speaking at the uh, Western Conservative Summit, which was our oxygen for. Oh, dude, for dude, I point. am loving the the current grift. I I just I love it. Like some people are. Like, I mean, I, I've noticed she's, like, flip-flopped on a lot, but I don't care. I love it. You know, it's just, like, I'm here for all of it. So. And DeSantis won the straw poll at that. And uh, Sarah beat Yeah, he beat the king? Yeah, he beat the king in the straw poll at the... Dude! <laughs> I, I, I want... I mean, see, I don't give a fuck about this Republican primary because, like, there's no one I really support, but I do support... DeSantis versus Trump. That is one thing I support. I want to see that happen. That's Godzilla versus King Kong, dude. The, the, dude, that's me. an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. I just I want to see it so bad. Like, oh, it's going to be everything, dude. And, and, you know, Pence will be there in the wings praying the gay away, you know, with uh, Mother. Dude, dude, It'll, be cool. incredible. It'll be everything. Oh. It's like, oh, oh. everything. Dude, that's I horrific. Mean, it's like Roman Bates. When you're like us, you're past the point of really giving a shit and just like being like, 
I want to sit back and watch the fireworks, you know, and that, exactly. that, is, that is a fireworks show, Trump versus DeSantis. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. yeah, that, that, that's that's going to be oxygen. Yeah, Joshua says support Republican chaos. And then Tulsi's yeah. going to be there like, I would like to be the vice president for either of these fine gentlemen. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's it's going to be oxygen. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see who ends up on there. I definitely see, um, obviously, DeSantis and the King, um, Nikki Haley, Ghoul Cotton, and Mike Pauly. Mike Pompeo, Josh Hawley, stop the hashtag, stop the steal, you know, yeah. and all these, all these fucking ghouls and mutants rode on the king's coattails, and now the the knives are going to come out, and they're all going to turn their back on him. No, oh, dude, I can't wait. It's going to be cr incredible. But what will be amazing is if he does capture the nomination again, Eric. Too ultimately, uh, dude. Dude. dude, I hope he like beats DeSantis like a like a rag doll, like he did with fucking uh, Ted Cruz, like. You know, I can see because like DeSantis would be able to push back on him. Like Trump would be like, you're fat, you're stupid, you know, whatever. And he'll just be like, President Trump, I didn't push the vaccines on everyone like you did. And he'd be like, you know what? You're an idiot. And he'd be like, you might say that, but I actually kept the state of Florida free. And he'd be like, shut up, stupid idiot. Like, <laughs> it just. I don't know. I, I would love it, dude. Yeah, DeSantis would be able to offer back some legit pushback against the king. But don't count the Emir out, man. He's he's a fucking oh, gladiator no. dude in these situations. And he'll yeah. he'll go Genghis Khan, dude. When you think he's gone the lowest of the low, dude, he's got more to go, Mike, right? He's got a thick cake, too. He does have a thick cake. And his cake will be even thicker this time around. He'll be even more unhinged. You know, he's going to be... He's going to be more meta this time, dude. He's going to be more evil. He's, I'm telling you, this is my my prediction. Before we even knew what Dark Dark Maga was, I predicted that you're going to see Wes Craven's new nightmare version of, of uh, the King. Can you imagine how much China hawking there's going to be during that fucking primary? Oh, it'll be unbelievable. Um, Look, I have I have my ties made in China, but if I have to, I'll nuke Beijing. Okay, I told Ping Pong I would nuke <laughs> Beijing. Okay, I told Rocket Man I would I would nuke Pyongyang, and believe me, I told Putin I would I would strike Moscow. Okay, he would be <laughs> bombed and hit in a way where he's never been bombed, like no one's ever seen. So I can't wait. We're, we're like a year out, man, from the King's announcement. If we're going by 2015, he announced in June of 2015. Um, so at this point, you know, June of 2023. It's a freaking year out, man. So they're they're revving it up, dude. And I just we need the entertainment, man. Because Brandon, even people who held their nose and voted for Brandon, can't say that things are going great or that they're happy with it. You know, even even your worst, you know, goose jacket wearing neo lib can't sit there with a straight face and say that things are going well with Brandon. Yeah. So I mean, during the primary, who do you think is going to recommend making Washington D.C. the capital of Israel first? DeSantis. And then Trump would be like, no, excuse me, I'm the embassy. We're going to move the capital can't of DC to Israel so then they can attack it and they can storm the capital, but it'll be fine if Israel does it. <laughs> well, they're not going to be able to storm the capital because we're going to move it. It's not going to be there anymore. They won't be able to attack it. Yeah. We're going to move it. We're going to move it. Dude, I, I, I think it would be nice to have base Trump if he's still upset at Netanyahu. Like, yeah. fuck him, you know. Yeah. Fucking asshole. He should. Biden won the election. What a loser. Oh, he was in memory of a goldfish. He's probably already moved on past it and forgotten about it. Yeah. Well, Great someone brings know. him his sandwich, he'll remind him of it and he'll be like, yes, you're right. Nuke them right now. So. The great dove mic, you know? His head. Yeah, I know. We need him. We need him. 
people have died for his head. Yeah, I said I said that to Reed Mike. We were we were waiting in line to get into the conference. I was like, Reed, people people woke up this morning that morning on January sixth, and like, you know, they were gonna do their thing and go about their day. They ended up losing their life because of his head. Yeah, they got, they got caught up in the wake of the eye of the hurricane. Yeah, in his head. His head. Oh, no, man. and more yeah. more will die too. <laughs> How sick, man! Our society really is sick, dude, on so many levels. Like Jesse Ventura wouldn't send more to die because he'd say, "I'm a veteran." Why? Well, I'm a Vietnam era veteran. Excuse me, Reed. I know what I'm talking about A to Z because I'm a veteran. So wait, Eric, did you hear that someone thought the body was in the bar? Yes, Dawson like came to me. He said, "Dude, someone said that Jesse Ventura was here." Like for real, I was like, "What?" They probably overheard me saying some bullshit as Ventura. I'm, I'm, me and Oliver Stone are Vietnam veteran. I'm a veteran. Yeah. I should read. I can deliver a baby because I'm a veteran. That 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 ended up being the saying for the weekend. Like last time it was. What was the last time, Eric? Goodbye. Yeah. And this week it was. I'm a veteran. <laughs> and in the, in the morning, my Reed would kind of, he, you know, he might get up and toss and turn in his bed a little bit, and he'd just look over and go, I'm a veteran. <laughs> and then it's like, Vince, we'd, cold. We'd, we'd be like, oh, Vince, you went to bed like 30 minutes ago. Time to get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vince, like, literally just flopped down, and I'd be like, I'm a veteran. <laughs> no, I, heard, I heard he was out partying late drinking papaya juice. Oh, dude, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> papaya juice. <laughs> Oh man, it's true. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a vac- vacation for Vince. It was his vacation. Yeah, it was. A, it was a Vince vacation. So. I am a veteran. He's on Clubhouse now, Eric. Or no, um, Substack, right? The body. Yeah, Substack with uh, Tyrell. It's called. Uh, you quit and then you can die or something. Yeah. Die first and then quit. Dude, can you imagine if we get Ventura on the Four Horsemen? I can see it. I'm I'm free now to truly speak my mind. (laughs) Vladimir Putin ain't cutting checks no more. Dan McBase, he saw our picture on Facebook with Dr. Paul, and he said, the next Four Horsemen? And I I replied, "If if the good doctor is willing... So, you know, yeah, I think I'll go. I'll go on four horsemen. We'll talk about gold and precious metal. Yeah. <laughs> well, if Ron, Paul was, if Ron Paul had won the election in 2008 or 12, he, he would have probably taken uh, a horseback to the inauguration because it would have saved, it, it saved money. So yeah. he, he would make sense on the four horsemen for sure. Dude, you I know, think he, we have a good chance of getting Dawson to repatriate to the States. He, he seems yeah. ready, you know. He seems ready. But. Yeah, he knows well, he's he's missing out there in Japan. If we yeah. can get a studio space going, man, you know, we're we're, we're looking at that uh, to our to our audience out there. Um, we're look, we're doing preliminary. The next step is to get a studio space. So, if you guys like what you know, Jack and Radio does, Naturalist Capitalist, Four Horsemen, AMC Report, and you know, you want to see us take it to the next level and actually get a studio space with lighting, equipment, sound, everything. Um, we have a potential opportunity to do that. So, yeah, um, you know, keep that in mind for sure. If you like yeah. what we do, you know. Yeah, and, and uh, Reed and Dawson and I were talking about uh, creating a four horsemen specific sub stack that you can monetize. 
and that I think that could go a long way. We could put clips on there, and you know, exclusive stuff, and um, you know, you could get you could get uh, Reed and Dawson and I to show up dressed as the Ghostbusters at your daughter's quinceanera. Quinceanera, you know. Dawson Dawson does uh, bar mitzvahs too. Yep, he'll do bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. He'll, come, he'll come dressed as Yasser Arafat to your daughter's bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing the new Mac documentary at a bat mitzvah later. It's gonna go over really well. God. I heard that screening. There was like forty or fifty people that showed up for that screening. Uh yeah, there 30. were uh, thirty yeah. probably. 30? Yeah, there were, yeah, probably yeah. over. Yeah, it was a good good turnout. And uh, like I said, Reed, there is nothing fun about it. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's, it's it's all dark. But it's all vital information, and and after you learn about that stuff, um, you know, you just there's there's no going back to Normyville when you learn about that. I don't want to give a lot of it away because Ryan's going to. Yeah, he's worked hard on it. And didn't he say oh. it's going to be available? Like on your stream, he mentioned it's going to be up in the next month or so. No, the next. Yeah, so Ryan is, uh, he got held up. He's still in uh, Texas, but he said when he gets back to Japan, he's going to upload it. So it'll be pretty soon. I'd say within a week or so. But... Right. And it'll, it'll be available to rent and purchase, correct? Yeah. So if you become a member on ANC report, well, I'm, I'm, I forget what it is, but I'm the highest donating member, like that level or whatever. But you can do like, I think you can do like 10 a month, 20 a month or 50 or 100 or something. So I, I give 100 a month, then you get like unlimited access to everything if you do that. But um, yeah, there's a bunch of, bunch of ways you can support him. And also you can buy his merchandise, buy his maps, buy his, clothing whatever is books so dude yeah. you know it was peak when i saw a, a anc fan uh bring a bell and, and ask dawson to autograph the bell for him but dude that was that was pinnacle right there and dawson's like yeah he told me i could inscribe it and write whatever i want so i wrote fuck lincoln <laughs> dude he's so based dude, he, yeah he's mondo it's just like dude, he, that was a that was a room full of Mondo there. Remember, like, yeah. remember Lou Rockwell? He's giving his speech, and he's like, "There is a, a ruler in Europe who's being surrounded by aggressive armies and being forced into, you know, expanding his empire." And I'm not talking about Putin. I'm talking about Hitler in 1939. I was like, "Whoa, base!" That's how he. That's how he opened things. Very light. Very low. That was, that was his hot take, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to get a lot of supporters with that one. <laughs> Good it was God. Based, so. <laughs> it's attention getting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one, one of the things they discussed uh, was uh, they actually had part of the Ukraine delegation at Bilderberg uh, over the weekend. And uh, I, I think they're just trying to figure out how they can just get, keep bilking more, uh, more tax dollars to keep the war going and see that there's more death and destruction and uh that most people are are confused and uh, ill-informed on what's actually going on and what's what's coming out of that region so um but it's funny like dawson says that was like four things ago <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's still going on it's it's still important to talk about because um just today i was walking around peterborough and i saw a, a member of the resistance they had a flag hanging from their building um they had a ukrainian flag hanging and i was like you know, we stand with Ukraine. Really <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's an important, it's an important, uh, you know, like with what Lou Rockwell was talking about, 
it, it's no condonance of whatever said dictator or you know country leader is doing like it, it doesn't mean that innocent people aren't dying or whatever but you gotta understand like how we get to the places we get to like you know we yeah. i've always talked about how or i haven't always but i've recently talked about how we learn a lot from 1939 to 1945 but we don't learn shit about 1918 to 1939 like those uh you know, those were formative years that a lot of shit happened, a lot of craziness ensued, and people think, like, that can't happen here. But, you know, I mean, we're kind of living in the Weimar Republic of the United States. We've got rampant inflation. Like we were discussing earlier, we've got extremely, uh, you know, low moral standards, the family units falling apart, the patriotism's at an all-time low. Uh, you know, we've been embarrassed and lost in a bunch of wars recently uh so i mean it's all you know like i don't know like every individual is responsible for what they do so putin is to blame for invading ukraine you know hitler was to blame for what he did but you gotta you still have to look at like okay what are we doing that is encouraging this shit to happen how can we stop it because it's not like a bunch of people in Germany just decided, oh, we hate the Jews and we want to invade the world. It didn't just, like, happen overnight. Like, what drove them to that amount of craziness? Like, what what drives people in the Middle East to, you know, strap a suicide vest on and go blow themselves up? They don't just decide to become extremists overnight. Like, we have to do some self-reflection and wonder, why are people willing to do these horrific, awful, crazy things. Um, and it's not something we've historically been good at, you know, figuring uh, out. So, Well, if you continuously bomb a region of the world or a country, <coughs> those people are going to, the survivors are going to be pissed off. Yeah. You know, the family who survives, who saw their entire house get destroyed uh, and their loved ones killed senselessly, uh, that's what creates uh, uh, an extremist. You yeah. know, someone who's got nothing, nothing to... Uh, Nothing to lose and um, nothing left in the world. So I don't know. I don't think we've learned that lesson. It doesn't seem like the last, you know, 20 plus years, you know, since 9-11 that we've really learned that lesson uh, by and large. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, in a lot of ways, it's, it's not looking very promising. But I like that you guys said kind of the takeaway was that Ron Paul is still hopeful. He still feels like there's hope. Yeah. You know, because of all the young people that are coming out for Liberty. Yeah, dude, it was so funny because we were saying that line all leading up to the event, and then he actually he used it. You know, he's like, "Well, the young people, they really care about freedom and liberty." So he 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 always drives it home with that one, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he's crispy too, Reed. He's intact for eighty-seven. I, I'm pretty sure he's a hundred years younger than Biden. Come on, man. He looks it. Yeah, he looks way better. Yeah, I, I mean, I, don't he, know. I, I think he might have had a couple talking points written down on his paper but he was looking at the audience and oh he freebased oh yeah he freebased for sure yeah he so. free, he do he freebased from the spirits of the western sky of liberty dude <laughs> yeah it was it was inspiring mike i mean you've seen the speech before the good dude's been saying the same things for 60 years yeah, yeah since before we were born way before we were born yeah absolutely 
Well, hopefully Rand listens to it still. He doesn't just listen to, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham and Trump. You know, hopefully he still tunes into the Ron Paul Liberty Report hosted by uh, former Texas Congressman Dr. Ron Paul of the uh, Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity, you know. And you, you uh, hope co-hosted he listens to by it. Daniel McAdams, um, executive, executive director, director of the Ron Paul Liberty. Uh, oh, I fucked it up. I fucked it up already. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel McAdams. Wait, did you the Jose line, though? You could say that we had sex, but we definitely didn't fuck. Yeah, that's it. So, so Four Horsemen's, uh, the three of you guys are going on uh, Tower Gang, and they've been, uh, where were they banished to in the afterlife? Uh, Odyssey or Rumble or Bitchute or? Yeah, it's where on are Odyssey. They? Okay, it's on Odyssey. So that's that's going to be something that people are going to want to turn into, man, if they want to really see some some high levels of autism and some Liberty fireworks. Oh, you yeah, know. Uh, Tower Gang's going extra base because they can't get banned anymore. So it's like... Right. Yeah. There you know, is no this floor. Is what, this is, you know how after Putin got sanctioned, like, why would he have a reason to back down? Like, then he's just like, okay, fuck you, and he doubles down. It's kind of like that on Tower Gang. We're like, all right, fine. We're just going to go full throttle. So I think part of it, too, if the reports are to be believed, uh, Putin is going through... Uh, he has cancer. He's going through cancer treatment, so... He's probably just being like, man, I got to go for it because, uh, you know, he's doing the Breaking Bad Walter White thing, the the Moscow version, you know, he's just really going for it. Yeah. So who knows if that's even true? I mean, the media was telling us four years ago that uh, Rocket Man was dead or was dying. He emerged. He's looking better than ever. I think he he did the Anna Nicole Smith diet or something or he did Trim Spa and he he looks amazing. He did a Dennis Robbins basketball camp uh, wearing high heels and a wedding dress and it really worked for him. Yeah, we thought we thought Kim was going to be Kim Jong Un by now, but not true. So, yeah, oh, that's amazing. It's all incredible, man. It's all it's all competing mafias. This this fucking green and blue marble that's spinning out in space is just you know it's just a few dozen competing mafias, and uh, they got their their intelligence wings, their communication wings, and their weapon wings, and we're all just just friggin' ants on the hill running around. So hopefully they we don't blow each other up, you know, at the end, but. We're all going along for the ride. It's like George Carlin said, man. When you're born in this world, you get a uh, you get a ticket to the uh, to the ride. You know, you get a seat. Uh, when you're born in America, you get a front row seat to the to the ride, the show. And uh, he wasn't wrong about that. Yeah. You know, people are still yeah. posting memes and clips of George Carlin talking about shit, and it's more relevant than ever. Um, there's a great two part documentary called George Carlin's American Dream. If, uh, if you can catch it, it's worth watching for sure. Yeah. Based. Reed's like, oh, he's everything. Oh, he's everything. I, I, I've been on based overload for the last couple weeks. It's been rough. So. It's hard to come back to planet Earth after all that. So, Reed, you're, uh, you're landing in New Hampshire next week. Uh, this week, hopefully. I'm hopefully leaving on Friday. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I'll be back sometime middle of next week so that's wow. pretty crazy yeah we, yeah we'll be able to do some in-person jack on radio nat cap streams you know yeah yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be high levels of agorism going on for sure oh definitely oh, yeah for sure Involunt- involuntarism well, yeah i mean a little bit of libertarian bordertarian hoppian uh, you know, cringe lord too. So yeah, there's going to be a dash of uh, Spooner, Lysander, cringe lording, bait, sportitarianism. A little bit of Ross Barney and jujitsu. 
Yeah. Well, also a little bit of meacock in there. So. Oh hell, you dude! So much meacock. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be levels that we didn't even believe imaginable. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's retarded. Philibon's like, I love Trump. He's the best. Oh, he's the, oh, he's the best. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> You know, meaning meaning it's just so it's so ridiculous and so retarded that it's just the best. You know, it yeah. doesn't mean you're like a supporter necessarily. No, but you support the chaos. Oh yeah, dude. Like if someone's the best, that doesn't mean you support them. That just means maximum, you know, maximum chaos and hysteria is ensuing from whatever they're doing. From but, their head, from his head. Oh, dude, his yeah. head. His head is undeniable. Yeah, just just like his mouth, Mike. <laughs> yeah, the head the head crashes markets. It can make or break markets for sure. Oh, oh dude, yeah. And media cycles, media cycles. I mean, it launched Megyn Kelly to uh, you know to uh, fame and fortune, and she ultimately couldn't handle it. And now she's doing um, her own thing, which has some pretty good episodes, I have to say. Yeah, she's had uh, she's had on like RFK Jr. She had Tulsi on. Um, yeah, she had, Dave, she had Dave Smith on. I was like, wow. Oh, I got to wow. listen to that. Yeah. Cool. So what's going on with Porkfest, Reed? I understand you've got a couple of speaking slots there. Yeah, so I'm speaking at the Pavilion at 5 o'clock p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, I'll be doing a speech on the government's war on the working man. You know, they told most of us we weren't essential. And then the essential workers, they praised us as fucking superheroes. And then the following year, they told us, you need to stick this needle in your arm or you're fired and you're fucking worthless. Uh, but it goes back farther than this. Like they've been making it hard to do anything and making it hard for small businesses to employ anyone and, you know, making it easier for the big corporations, destroying the environment while they claim they're trying to save it. And they just, they're, they're, they're bad. They're awful. So I'll be doing a speech about that on Wednesday. And then on Thursday at noon, I'm going to be doing another speech about why I'm coming back to New Hampshire and, you know, I've been all over. I've been to all 50 states, lived in Arizona, Colorado, and uh, Utah. And so I've got a little bit of, you know, experience going around the country and ultimately decided to move back to the Granite State. And I'll be going over why. So uh, anyone who's in New Hampshire wants to check that out, I could use the support. I'm trying to get at least 200 people to the one on Wednesday um, because... It's a kind of big uh, building, so if there's only 30 people who show up, it'll be a little underwhelming. So if you can come out and support me, please do. And that's in Lancaster, New Hampshire, on Wednesday, June uh, 30th. 22nd. 22nd, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be posting about it, and yeah, we'll, we'll promote that and get that out there. Reed's yeah. going to talk about the New Hampshire advantage. Because I'm a veteran. Because Reed's a veteran. He was a SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the movie Flipper. He was a SEAL. If he's a SEAL, I'm a manatee. Ah! I'm a dolphin. I can identify a, if, as a dolphin if I want, because as a SEAL, I could be anything and make you believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be cool, man. Yeah, Porkfest, I'm, I'm hoping to get up there when you're there speaking um, on both, if not, you know, one of those days, if not both of them. There's going to be yeah. a, a lot of baseboards coming and going at Porkfest. Scott Horton and Dave Smith will be there, right? They're on the bill. Wait, Scott Horton, he's the guy who wrote enough already. Time to end the war on terror. Yeah, and he's the he's the executive director of the Libertarian Institute. 
and he owns antiwar.com. And he's an editor and contributor at antiwar.com. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's Scott Horton. He's also the guy that shellacked uh, that Neil Kong William Crystalin debate in New York City oh, last week. Just, just, just buried him. Horton drank 10 gallons of Dr. Pepper and pissed it all over his face in front of everybody. <laughs> He's like, yeah, how do you like that, Crystal, you neocon scum? Crystal knew it, too, and he, he knew he was still going to be able to go home and, and jump into a giant uh, vat of blood that's completely made up of Iraqi children and get a million dollars to do so. So he didn't care. Oof, he, he knew he was still going to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was great to see Jedi Knight Orton just lay waste to him. Yeah, he knew he would. He, he's, he, he's Liberty's Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know? Yeah, instead instead of that bullshit series on Disney Plus, man, this camera crew should just follow Lord Horton around, man. It'd be way more, it'd be way better. Dude, he lays waste in the Yeah, yeah, he does. His skater pants too that he wears. Yeah, I think uh, you know Ron Paul's Liberty's Yoda. Uh, I'm pretty sure Scott Horton's Obi Wan. Dave Smith is Luke Skywalker, and I think that makes Dawson uh, Han Solo probably. So yeah, because I smuggled Dave Smith. I smuggle baby you know, and Palestinians in the in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Dude, like he's he's kind of out there, you know. He's not really in the Libertarian Party like the rest, but he's still an ally and shows up just in time to help us blow up the Death Star. You know, <laughs> one of those guys. So. <laughs> Dude, that's everything. Incredible. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I, we got to get Dawson to wear the Han Solo outfit. Now. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. So I can have a Ric Flair boa. We just need uh, Han Solo to have a bell in the cockpit. Ding! You know. So. You guys are all right for fucking Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's every, he's everything. I think that makes me Chewbacca because I'm kind of hairy, you know, like especially when I got the beard out and everything. So. He could be Chewy. Yeah. God, that's so good. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just so many fucking characters, man. Yeah, it's just so good that someone like Donald Trump's not in charge of law enforcement in our country. Yeah, yeah you, because you'd be you in jail. jail. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's everything. I know his head, Mike. So there's a uh, there's another uh, notch on the uh, Clinton body count uh, that's come out. Uh, Mark Middleton. Have you heard about that, Reed? You heard about Mark Middleton? I didn't hear about this. Yeah, so Mark Middleton was a um, basically like an aide to uh, you know an advisor and an aide to Bill Clinton in the '90s. And yep. he was the guy that brought Epstein into the White House. Ah. You know, he introduced him to Clinton and had him in there several times. Just last month, he was found on a, uh, a, a property um, hanging with some cheap uh, cord from the dollar store uh, with a big shotgun blast in his chest. And it was ruled a suicide. So that's, ah. uh, that's been in the, that, well, it's been in the, when I say in the news, I mean, you know, smaller kind of local affiliate type stuff but um you know i gotta say the daily mail they reported on it and they they you know i know the daily mail is a, is a british rag but they, they've done some important work on the epstein case so if people want to see the latest in the clinton body count definitely check out uh mark middleton and uh that story yeah it sounds sounds pretty dark mike hey guys i'll be back in five minutes okay okay Hi, bye. hello Adeggy. Yeah, Mark Middleton. That. Uh... Yeah, let me read a little bit of the. Yeah, uh, read, read some. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, let me go here in the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail, they you know they do some good stuff, man. Well, Radar Online too has a story about it. 
Uh, yeah, they, they've been reporting on it. Uh, so family of Bill Clinton advisor who admitted Jeffrey Epstein into White House seven times has blocked release of files detailing the death scene after he was found hanging from a tree with a shotgun blast at a ranch 30 miles from his home. Uh, Mark Middleton died by suicide at the age of 59 on May 7th, according to the Perry County Sheriff's Office in Arkansas. And he was a special advisor who admitted Epstein to the White House seven of the at least 17 times Epstein visited. Um, so the family is basically trying to keep the content sealed, like photos of the scene and, you know, which I can understand stuff like that. But of course, if you have anything like this, there's going to be questions. You know, the proximity to, to the Clintons, um, you know, is something that makes it, you know, worthwhile to be looked into. So there's a lot of details about that that they're still, you know, looking to have come out. Yeah, it's just strange. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so the Daily Mail is like his death adds to the number of close associates of the former president and first lady who have died unexpectedly, many in small plane crashes. The phenomenon has led to a conspiracy theory called Clinton body count, which even has its own Wikipedia page. I love when Norm Macdonald, I think he was on The Viewer somewhere. He's like, yeah, I, I thought that was common knowledge that the Hillary and Bill murder people. Yeah, that was his first and only time on The View. He's like, oh, that's not common knowledge. Oh, I thought that was common knowledge. Yeah, everybody knows that. That was amazing. That was amazing. I think it was Barbara Walters looked like she was going to have a friggin' oh, Baba Lala. She's going to have an Amber Heard in her, on her seat. Yeah. Um, I always just point back to the two the kids on the tracks, man. I mean, the coroner came out and said that they smoked so much marijuana that they passed out and they couldn't hear the train coming, which was coming at them at 50 miles an hour, and they didn't respond to it. And the train ran them over and killed them. Um, they dug up the bodies uh, at the inquest of the, of the parents and found that the, the boys had been hit in the head and beaten with blunt instruments and stabbed and placed on the tracks. And so the, the initial uh, coroner's report was overruled and it, it was turned into a homicide. And uh, since that time, it's never been, never been solved, but there's a lot of information there that points to, you know, those boys witnessing a drug drop or seeing something they shouldn't see. And uh, there was that wrestler who came out a couple years right. ago who said he was actually there and saw some shit that bodies. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that, that wrestler is still alive. That's a good question. I'm not, I'm not a, a great great guy to track down and try to interview and just ask him about what were the particulars of him being there that night? Why was he there? Who brought him in? You know, whose crew was he part of? Um, it sounds like he was hired as muscle. Um, you know, he was like he was traveling all over the country wrestling. Right, and right. Nice, nice, nice that he had off. He doubled as like muscle for some some entity. See, you know, that's the, the way a lot of this stuff works. These people who are the bag men or are the muscle or the grunts or the killers, they don't know really who actually they're acting on behalf. Oh, there's probably a middleman or a cutout that they deal with. And so the, the person that hires the cutout, you know, is, is not going to be there on the scene doing the dirty work. They're going to they're going to outsource that to someone else. Right. So. It's, it's fucking crazy. I don't, I don't know why that dude would lie about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is wild, too. Supposedly, the ranch where they found Mark Middleton's body uh, was on acreage that was owned or, or at one point associated with the Clinton Foundation. 
<laughs> it was connected to the Clintons at yeah, one point. Let me, let me read what it says here. Some project, yeah. It says investigators are still still trying to determine why the hellbent Middleton trespassed on the 1,200-acre grounds of the Heifer Ranch in Perryville, Arkansas, a farm run by Heifer International, whose headquarters is on the same parcel of land partially owned by the Clinton Presidential Center in Little Rock. Oh my you God. can't even make that up, man. Charles Ortel, a financial expert who has spent years probing the activities of the Clinton Foundation and the trail of dead bodies associated with the former president, believes Middleton's death on the Heifer property is designed to send a message. <laughs> so if you're telling me this guy was found on a Heifer property, he was murdered. That's my bet, is what he tells us. Wow. Uh, Middleton was 59. He joins a growing pile of corpses associated with Epstein. <laughs> Right, you had Jean Luc Brunel, and then you had um, the guy jump off the building there, who who uh, Ray, at one point was one of the highest donors for the DNC. He was a Hollywood producer. Um, God, I forget his name, but I guess you know he was depressed or whatever, and his girlfriend had um, had committed suicide a year prior. So he supposedly jumped off of like the thirty third floor of his oh, yeah. building, his building where he lived, and. Um, you know, he was when he was 18, 19 years old, he was given like something like five or six hundred million dollars from his grandfather who died, who was a real estate tycoon associated with luxury hotels and other really big projects kind of at the turn of the century. And uh, he just spent a lot of that money on films, gave it away, drugs, prostitutes. You know, I mean, he had fun. Sounds like a fun guy to party with. But he gave millions to the DNC, too. Yeah, this says Middleton, who ran a successful Little Rock air conditioning business and served as Clinton's presidential campaign finance director, also jetted on Epstein's private jet along with the president. So, yeah, you know, he, he was part of the part of the crew. And it said one year after leaving the White House in 95, Middleton became an international deal maker. And a subsequent investigation found he had abused his access to the White House to impress business business clients. God, Boy, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Read the two James Republicans and Democrats, and I'm not part of either. I can't be bought unless I, 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 can't, I can't be bought unless it's with rubles. I'm a veteran. <laughs> I'm a veteran. <laughs> it just turns into like a baby Google Gaga. I'm a veteran. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, every saying we come up with degrades over time. Like it started out with "We need wool," and it's turned into what is it now? Yeah, well, it started, but we need wall to. Ugh. <laughs> and then think, think about, it. think about it. Yeah, you just kind of go full, full off off the rails with it, you know. Yeah, it's true. So, so by the way, um, speaking of government inefficiency, I, I know we weren't right now, but we were earlier. But uh, Vince and I went shooting right before we went to Texas, and Vince had a. Uh, it's not really showing up well, but uh, he had a bullet in his pocket. Made it right through TSA, and I had a, a not a travel size, but a full sized tube of toothpaste, and neither of those got taken from us. So you can see how Muhammad Atta got away with it, you know. Ronnie, you're doing a heck of a job at TSA. <laughs> We're gonna get another trillion to TSA because they're stopping terrorists. <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable, dude. Oh, I mean, you 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 go through that. That that's that's a three ring circus. The TSA. That's yeah. like getting getting patted down by. Um, you know, a hundred, um, what was his name in Grapes of Wrath or Mice of Men? Lenny? Yeah, the, uh, Lenny. Lenny. 
Yeah, it's just like a hundred Lennies patting you down with gloves, mouth breathers. That's where that's where you end up. You end up as a fucking TSA monkey, you know? Yeah, sure. God. Well, that's that's comforting. You got a bullet through. That's good. I mean, all it was all all that took for Oswald was one bullet to kill Kennedy and wound Connolly six times. So that's good. <laughs> it's amazing. Read what one bullet can do, especially if you're a veteran. Because I'm a veteran, you're a veteran, we're all veterans. <laughs> yeah, he was he was with us all weekend, wasn't he? No, oh, yeah, he he never leaves us alone. He's always so what like, airline, a constant present. What airline did you fly back from uh, Texas to I, Utah? I did United. I was trying to get 93 or uh, 175, but they didn't have either available for some reason. So Yeah. Yeah, my flight back was JetBlue, and it was, it was good. I... I paid um, like 40 bucks to upgrade to behind the emergency exit in an aisle seat. And I watched um, the House of Gucci movie with Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. It was actually a really good movie. Very entertaining. One of the better movies I've watched in a while. And then I watched the first episode of a three-part documentary about that rapper ghoul from Brooklyn, Takeshi69. Yeah, Takashi. Yeah, he's Takashi. a real ghoul. I watched the new uh, Matrix movie and I had no idea what was going on the entire time. So, so. so bad. Uh, <laughs> did you see the Did you see the original trilogy? Or? Oh yeah, of course. Well, those to be fair, only one of them's good. Reloaded, so. yeah. As far as the sequels go, Reloaded, the second one's probably the best. Um, no, I, I meant like the the first one's the only good one, in my opinion. I think the rest oh. of them are just trash. But oh, the, the original Matrix is a classic. It's one of one of the greatest. Sci-fi flicks in the '90s, no doubt. But yeah, I See, mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, there's there's really only one good transform or uh, not transformer. Um, Terminator. Surprise. Yeah, there, there's only one good Terminator movie, in my opinion. The second one. There's really only like two good Star Wars movies, and then there's only one good Matrix movie. Uh, half the Indiana Jones movies are good. Like, they, they get like a couple gems. And then they try to fucking you know mass produce it, and it's just like no, stop! Like you, you were good with what you had, and but they can't leave well enough alone. So yeah, they got a new Indiana Jones one coming out uh, next year. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. Is he in a walker like running away from the Nazis? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, they, they yeah they CGI Harrison Ford's butt onto uh, Chewbacca's face doing a crossover. <laughs> the the fedora is actually uh, you know well no, the whip that's the whip the fedora is on top, but um. Yeah, no, they released a photo from that, and uh, yeah, he's. This is it. I mean, the last one, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, was so bad. Shia LaBeouf, and it was just, just, just embarrassing. I just felt embarrassed for everybody involved. How embarrassed? Everyone, everyone from the people in the theaters watching to the ushers who had to work at the theater, all the way up to the executives who made the movie. It's just an embarrassment. Yeah, dude. Every, everybody. Pirates of the Caribbean six coming out. That, that's a little Johnny, We need Johnny. We need Curse Johnny. Of the, Curse of the Brown Herd. Yeah, John, you know? John. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, yeah. Amber Herd. Is yeah. Amber Shard. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Dude, man. Like I'm I'm happy that that court case turned out the way that it did because um I don't know. There's you know, abuse doesn't just go one way. Like it, it's such a lie, you know, like so many, so many people were freaking out about this and they were actually citing to kill a mockingbird as like saying that, like, uh, because I, remember I saw this one fucking article that said like, 
Amber Heard, the Amber Heard um, decision is a statement to black women everywhere or something. It was like, it's Sorry. some retarded fucking take, but it's like, if you read To Kill a Mockingbird, the innocent guy gets killed because the woman starts crying in the story and then all the, you know, the jury's out after a woman starts shedding tears. And that's been so true. Like, it's not a justice system if it's just based off of the emotions of a woman. You know, like, this whole, this whole, like, Me Too thing, like, yeah, there has definitely been a lot of abuse toward women that's gone unseen, but the the result of the Me Too thing has been hashtag believe women. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you're not supposed to believe anything until you've had evidence. Like that's how innocent until proven guilty works. So I think the Me Too thing was probably well-intended when it started because it was trying to bring um, awareness about women who have been abused in Hollywood or anywhere else. And it's just been ignored. But as with everything, it you know the left doesn't know when to fucking stop and they just bring it to this crazy opposite end where it's you know the woman is always right and it's just retarded so I, i'm glad this went the other way um because hopefully it's a little bit of pushback against that insane woke culture but i don't know yeah i mean i think ultimately um it was kind of a draw in a lot of ways i think they there was two different lawsuits and and yeah won one of them, but Johnny won the one that was like, the, you know, the major bucks on the line. And, and it's his reputation. I mean, you know, he's got to be able to spend 30, 40 grand a month online. He should be allowed to do that. You know? Yeah. And um, I mean, the whole, the, the whole Hollywood thing is just a complete freak circus. And, and, you know, we're all guilty of paying it too much uh, attention and energy. And, and uh, but the real problem is, is that some people, they give it all their energy and attention and they don't look at anything else. Like they, they don't, uh, like the yeah. mega group, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or I like the memes that that are like you know the Johnny Depp trial is is just being broadcast everywhere, but no one has any idea that the the Glenn Maxwell follow up is coming up. So that, yeah. you know that's that's intentional, that's deliberate, that's done by design. And uh, you know, um, Elon Muskrat there was tweeting about uh, the DOJ not releasing the client list. Um, what, what do you what do you guys make of Elon Musk lately with Twitter? Because I don't use Twitter, so. What, Eric was saying that, Eric, you've kind of seen an, an uptick in more based and more open dialogue. But what do you guys think of the whole Elon Musk deal? Uh, well, as far as Epstein goes, I really don't know about his connections. Like, I know Maria Farmer doesn't like him. I know Dawson thinks he's kind of based. So I don't really know. I don't have a an informed opinion on that. But uh, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, I thought he was taking this shit over. And, you know, it's irrelevant whether or not he's a good guy, in my opinion, like it can't get too much worse than it already is. So in my mind, this was just a positive change because it's a change. Like I know like Abby Martin was freaking out because a billionaire bought a free speech platform, but it's like, it wasn't a free speech platform. It's already run by a fucking corporation. It's already run by the government. Basically, you know, like the government's bullied Twitter into, uh, you know, censoring anything it doesn't like. So like, who fucking cares? <laughs> you know, like, so to me, it, it's just a change of hands. So maybe he'd be better, but I don't see how he could get much worse and keep the thing going. Cause, um, you know, th this is the weird thing about the wokeism. The wokeism only stays afloat because of, uh, you know, ESG scores and, uh, you know, woke corporations like BlackRock. Uh, buying, um, you know, buying stocks if they 
adopt a, wo- a woke agenda or whatever. Like the people who use the platform don't like any of this. Like all the shit you're seeing pushed by like the football teams, like football is gay, football is queer, whatever, you know. And uh, like the, the the U.S. Marine Corps saying it's accepting of, you know, the rainbow, gay, bullets. You know, all this, the rainbow bullets or whatever. Like no one in the military likes that. No one who uses Twitter likes all the bullshit that's being pushed on them. So it's just, uh, you know, th- there's a fine line. The people who are pushing all this shit have to walk because if they go too far, they end up like Netflix, where they got to say, "Okay, fuck that. We're it, we're pulling that. We're pulling that. We're getting yeah, rid of that." It ends, it ends up bottoming, bottoming out. No pun intended. But yeah, I, exactly. I really like what what Senator Mike Gravel said. Man, he was in the Army and military intelligence, and he's just like, "You don't have to be straight to shoot straight." That that sums it up. You know, he wasn't he wasn't concerned who, what the sexual orientation of the the person was. You know, next to him when he was. He was concerned that there was shooting going on in the first place. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. obviously there shouldn't be any kind of discrimination against anybody, but it's just gone so far in the other direction that it's just cartoonish. <clears throat> it's just so cartoonish. Do, do, they, do the Arab countries, Eric, that didn't oh, didn't everything. strike or woke their, their – yeah. Oh, the like Mercedes, Mercedes, Saudi Arabia, instead of having a rainbow flag, it's a little bit of red, but that's the blood left from Khashoggi's severed head thrown on the, <laughs> thrown on the hood of the car. Kind of shit. bleeding down a little bit. So that's where that red comes from. I remember last year, I couldn't believe they did this, but it was some fucking uh, company in the Middle East. Or no, what, what, it was some. No, I guess they weren't in the Middle East, but it was just some fucking woke company that had a picture of someone on top of a building throwing a gay flag off the building. And it said, like, throwing inclusion and love to the person the story below you or whatever but it was like what are you doing <laughs> show a picture of somebody throwing a gay flag off of said- building top. <laughs> like oh man a little bit it of was, lack of awareness on that one it was cringe but, wasn't it oh yeah it was cringe um with twitter mike yeah i've just noticed an overall less repressive feeling um and i think that maybe they're they're figuring they're doing an audit of all the bots aren't they reed like isn't that something that's been going on like Musk and company wants to figure out who the the bots are and and show what people's actual followings are followings are yeah because you yeah i mean i've heard the whole deal over that yeah i don't know he's threatening to yank the whole like to cancel the whole deal if they don't disclose the bots Mm -hmm. Look, if, you know, if, I think most of, most of my most of my supporters look, man, look fat. Most of my supporters are good corn bots. Okay, corn bots. <laughs> look, the day that that Emmerich is reinstored, the King and Ryan Dawson are back on Twitter. I'll oh, I will dude, love Elon Musk. I will stand Elon Musk if those three things happen. Yeah, and Scott and Ritter. Musk, we need Scott Ritter back. Scott, yeah, give me Emmerich or give me death if I were to. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the thing with um, you know. Uh, Musk and Epstein, like, um, there's two things there. Uh, there's a photo of Musk with Ghislaine Maxwell from like a Vanity Fair, yeah. or like a, a variety party, and she, and according to Musk, she kind of photobombed him, which you know I believe that. But there's also an email that was leaked from Jeffrey Epstein to Musk talking about meeting up with Ghislaine for karate lessons. So, you know that that was he, he hasn't denied that that was a real email. So. I don't know. And, you know, Jason Burmes has done some really great research on Elon Musk. He always has great um, information about all the, the shit that's going on in the Ukraine that Musk is involved in. You know, he's basically just a, a government contractor for weapons and defense. And uh, 
all that, you know, SpaceX and NASA bullshit. That's that's he's a front man for all that. You know, I, I don't look at him like Tony Stark or like he's this great friggin' benevolent, you know, folk hero who's gonna save us and give us back our free speech. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, do he's I love seeing him troll? He's not as no. good as this guy, right? No, of course not. No. Look at him, he's got the day live glasses on. Paul, yeah. Ron, <laughs> Paul, Ron, Paul, Paul, Ron, Ron Paul. Ron, That's my only regret from the Grand weekend. Is we didn't have a Ron Paul champ. Well, we're going to be able to redeem ourselves in September, I think, Reed. And, and we're going to have to start it with Paul, because every self-respecting Ron Paul champ starts with Paul, right? Starts with Paul first, correct. Yeah. It does. And then eventually it evens out and nature heals itself, and it's a full-fledged Ron Paul chant. Yeah. <laughs> God. Just reading something base that Tulsi just posted on locals. She's it's a it's a image of uh, you know the World War II guys storming the beaches of Normandy and it says today we honor the brave men in uniform who stormed the beaches of Normandy to help liberate Nazi occupation of Europe. But today our leaders in the media push for Germans remilitarization and glorify slash arm Ukrainian white supremacists slash Nazis parentheses Azov. Foolish and short-sighted, and that's very. I guess you should put that on Twitter too. It'll be. Yeah, it'll probably hit all of so all her socials. But yeah, I just got the notification for that. For Aloha locals. Aloha. Aloha Hecky. That's that's based. I can get behind that. Yeah, that's pretty based. I like it. That's just a Putin talking point. That's just Russian disinfo. You know, there, there are no Nazis in Ukraine, and there is no Azov Battalion. It's totally made up. And who was it, Senator Paul, that was profiting in the Dunbass? Well, we know now who it is because of the certain testimony that's that's come over here through uh, gain-of-function research that we did over there with the labs and all the spike proteins. And these were people who had been back in the 80s with Harrison Ford on the set of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now they have Stinger missiles that they're selling on eBay, unfortunately. And I think it's wrong. <laughs> It's like always oh, retarded. And you know what's Dude. kind of been dominating is you know what is a woman? The, the whole Matt Walsh phenomenon. Dude, I want to have Matt Walsh on the Four Horsemen. Yeah, that, that would be a fun show. That'd be nuclear level. Would. Like, so I, I honestly, he's, he's I mean, he's, to, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Reed. But Matt Walsh is one of those guys that's like so authoritarian and theocratic that he ends up being libertarian. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to describe it other than that. Like, he's such a fucking, he's such a fucking tyrant that he doesn't want that that he like wants to secede from the union and just be in his own hegemony and not fuck with anyone else. Like, he went so authoritarian, he became libertarian. That's kind of how I describe him in some ways. Like. I mean, I'm sure he's a China hawk and tons of horrible shit. I don't know. But I've just like some of the social shit I've seen him say. It's like, all right, like, as long as you're not pushing that on me, I don't care. You know, like, it's, he's, he's an interesting well, it's, fellow. It's his grift right now. You know, the tranny thing is his, his grift. And good for yeah. him. You know, Caitlin's like, we got to defend all women. Bye. Dude, we got to get hurt. I mean, the, the sky's the limit with this show. I'm telling you, like, there's yeah. well, limitless opportunities. So we could do anything. We could all, we could all become trans. We could become can you trans. Imagine Caitlin, dude. That would be. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I think we could do it. I'm not even kidding. Like we've already. I mean, look at what we've done in 14 months. Um, we, we've had, had on some pretty big guests, man, and, and it's only it's only gonna. We're only the trend gonna, is only gonna continue. We've only just begun, is what Karen Carpenter said, and then she puked everywhere and she died. 
She does. <laughs> Has there been an official announcement of the next four horsemen? Are you guys teased it or what? What's what I think we, it's already June, so we can say it. It's D-Day, in fact, today. So happy D-Day, everyone. But um, yeah, uh, Maria Farmer is gonna. She's gonna break the seal and be the first woman on the Four Horsemen. So it's gonna be high levels of based. Yeah, but we can't do the four horse people because then people are going to envision like equestrian homo sapien hybrids, and that's not really what we're going for. Like, chimera tri yeah, hybrids. It'll still be the four horsemen with a woman. So, special guest, Maria Fama, Sean Atwood here. With she's based. She's based. Dude, yeah, we're going to go base. full based on the mega group. So, is, is that this weekend or is that what, what's the date on that? Uh, I think it's June next two weeks. It's the 19th. So. Yeah, Sunday, June 19th. Um, Juneteenth. Juneteenth, and we're going to have Mr. Ryan Dawson Skyping in at a Hamas tunnel in an undisclosed location. He can, he can tell us how you know the Civil War didn't end slavery on Juneteenth, so it'll be a good day. But That's Boston, Boston didn't end it until like 1981. Yeah. <laughs> they still have slaves in California. There's pockets oh. in Maine where you can still buy chihuahuas as slaves. They made they slavery talk, great again in Libya. They don't talk so, about that. It's interesting hearing the perspectives from, you know, so obviously three of us grew up here in the Northeast. Um, you know, I started off going to school in Massachusetts till I was 10 and then moved to New Hampshire and did the rest of my public education, you know, um, fourth grade through 12th uh, in New Hampshire in a pub public school setting. And, uh, you know, we were taught the Civil War, um, but you're taught, you know, a certain perspective on it. And uh, anytime I've ever gone to the Carolinas or down in the South, like, there's always people who just bring the Civil War up, like pretty much immediately, like before they even ask you what your name is. Like, you know, you know, the South won, the South was right, all this. And uh, I, you know, the Civil War has never really been an area that I've really spent a significant amount of time delving into. So I, I, I don't, uh, I have the narrative that I was taught growing up, um, like any narrative you're taught. So, but I, I don't really, I don't get worked up over it. I don't know, man. I know it's, it's, uh, it's kind of Ryan's. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of his bag, but I don't well, know. Well, I look at it this way. Like, um, think of how incorrect the narrative surrounding Syria is, like, to the normie. Think of how incorrect the narrative surrounding Ukraine is. Uh, I'd say the one surrounding Iraq has actually kind of corrected itself a little bit, like, at least from the way it was 20 years ago. Like, I think most people at this point realize, okay, we lied to get into Iraq. But dude, most people don't know about the Gulf of Tonkin in Vietnam. Like mm -hmm. that was completely fucking made up. And that's admitted at this point. It didn't happen. Like, it never happened. It never happened. And that's what got us into Vietnam. Um, no one, like I'd say maybe like 3% of people know that it's very, very low. So if we're still so, you know, confused about why we're in Vietnam and actually believe for wrong reasons, like, that there was an attack or whatever when there never was, um, you know, a lot of, I've heard like really high numbers of people still think Saddam Hussein was connected to nine 11 somehow. Um, you know, lots of people, um, you know, have incorrect views about world war two and how that started. Like a lot of people don't even know that we declared war on Japan and then Germany declared war on us. They think we, <laughs> entered World War II to stop the Holocaust or something. And it's like, that's not why we even got into the war. It was over Japan 
which we knew was going to attack us and let them attack us, let them destroy our battleships instead of our... So basically all I'm saying is like, if all these narratives are complete bullshit, like mm -hmm. why would the one about the Civil War be right either? And yeah, I, I mean, well, it's, a, it's a war. So like, I don't think, um, you know, I, I'm not quite as biased as Ryan is. So like, I don't think, I don't think the South was as just in his cause as he does. But I certainly don't think the North, and by the way, Ryan knows a lot more than me, so I'm <laughs> like, I, I couldn't go toe to toe with them. I just think, um, you know, in a war, there really isn't a good side. Like, they're all, you know, I, I mean, like 2% of Southerners or something like that owned slaves, and it was a lot of cotton plantation owners. And I'm sure that the Southern uh, cause for the war was fueled by plantation owners and stuff like that. So I don't think it was just a war against northern aggression but um yeah the, the the narrative surrounding the civil war that it was that the united the the north went and defeated the south to free slaves like that is like completely wrong i mean right yeah that's not know. the whole story yeah that, that's that's a that's a thing we tell ourselves to feel good especially up here in the northeast you know and then i mean also it's not we, even we just would not return we would return slaves back to their their owners who made made their way up here to New well the, the emancipation proclamation it didn't free any slaves in the north it was only in the south right so if you'd think if the war was about ending slavery you'd end slavery in the states you already control first right but across the now, board yeah yeah you, you freed them in the south so that they could come fight for the north or whatever like so it's just like with everything i mean you know governments don't care about their people they don't really fight wars for freedom or for ideas like they fight them for fucking money that's what every government fights a war for so money and power yeah exactly. Cohen say, Reed, that's what government does it sucks it sucks it sucks <laughs> i, I think Reed Coverdeer is our guy get him out of the truck and into the white house he's our guy larry sharp right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i i agree man and, and um i don't know i guess i've just you know since since 9 11 happened i've just been completely focused on the war on terror 9-11, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, everything that we've done in the Middle East that I, you know, I neglected, I've neglected that part of history, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, you can't, shit, you can't know everything, you know, God. It's like, yeah. But, um, no, same, dude. yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be cool to have a, a discussion with Ryan sometime about his view on it and maybe get an expert who has a, a different view and do some kind of panel or something. Because obviously what we were taught in school was not the complete. You're talking about some kind of Yankee Dixie throwdown. Some kind of Mason Dixon uh, spirited, fueled by bourbon and antebellum, and uh, you know, bring on, bring on any Yankee out to bait him, I'll beat him. Well, exactly. I got this to say, regardless of like why we uh, seceded or why the South seceded during the Civil War, New Hampshire is going to be the first state to secede from the Union now. Like, if we, That's dude, think about that. If New Hampshire beats the South at secession, like. <laughs> So we, we'd be like, okay, Dawson, come on, you got to move up here. Like, <laughs> Adam just makes a good point. If Twitter had existed in 1979, the same people who support Ukraine would have supported the Mujahideen against exactly. the Soviets. Yep. Very, very good point, Adam. It's true. Yeah, and that was uh, the Mujahideen, and that was called Operation Cyclone, where the CIA uh, trained and funded them and got them to fucking through Charlie Wilson and all that grift and got them, you know, billions of dollars and 
the uh, rocket shoulder uh, rockets, which was a game changer in that fight, and they were able to shoot down Soviet helicopters and planes and shit over, and, the, uh, over there. Victor Brzezinski drove all the Toyota trucks over there. They got all the frames recalled. They got them over there. They got Bin Laden and one of those Toyotas. The, the original Toyota commercial for President's Day, Osama Bin Laden stars in the commercial. Google it, folks. It's all there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see. Yeah, that. And, then, and then, dude, the footage and the photo of the of the, of the uh, Mujahideen in the White House and Reagan. I mean, oh, it's incredible. On. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's an ad of uh, Bin Laden all Chad with his shirt off, like kind of like a Saudi Mujahideen Rambo. And on the back yeah. of the of the Toyota is a Reagan Bush, you know, eighty four sticker. <laughs> dude, it's so good. <laughs> and then you know, and then and then. Uh, the confrontation that Ray McGovern had with uh, Rumsfeld and Rumsfeld brought up Iraq and Iran um, fighting each other in the 80s. It's like, yeah, dude, you're one of the guys that freaking you know, armed Iraq. There's the yeah. photo of him shaking hands with Saddam Hussein. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, that was under Carter, man. Jimmy Carter's uh, national security guy, Spigdu Brzezinski, played a huge role in that. And, right. Um, even says as much in his book, The Grand Chessboard, which, you know, who's going to read that, man? You're going to use that as your freaking doorstop in your college dorm. You're not going to read that, you know? Right. But, but Top Gun, you know, Top Gun was great, you know? Go see Top Gun. Go see Top Gun. That's the point of all this. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Thing. Scientology needs, that needs more money. What's that? You posted that on Twitter, the D-Day thing. It's pretty base, dude. Are you, are you going to, is the naturalist capitalist going to retweet it? Oh, it's already been retweeted. Okay. I'm going to maybe retweet mine from a few months ago where I said, imagine explaining to somebody on D-Day that World War III almost gets started when we protect a bunch of Nazis from the Russians. <laughs> Dude, Mike, come on. Is, now, Eric, Eric, when you went on our, our buddy Yuri's podcast, he's from Ukraine. What did you guys touch on? Like, Did you tell him, like, so does he, does he really think that there's no, like the Nazi thing is totally downplayed in Ukraine and like there's none of them or that it's just, they just Photoshop shit. Like what, what does he think? Well, you know, he acknowledges, you know, that there are far right figures and fascists and Nazis in Ukraine, but he said, you know, every country has that. And I said, well, yeah, you know, countries have that problem. They, there are neo-Nazis in countries and far right fascist type people, but um you know, he like made the point. The only reason I know about it or would know about Stepan Bandera is because Russian propaganda, because the Russians want me to know about it. You know what I mean? I otherwise wouldn't know about it. Um, but I said, well, you know, I, I've done I said, I, of course, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert on it. But I, I said I pay attention more than a lot of Americans do and a lot of people. And, um, you know, obviously, Oliver Stone has done a lot of great work about Ukraine. And, of course, Dawson is one of the gold standards of research about that, that part of the world and what's really going on. So I just like kind of, you know, mentioned some of that stuff to him and it seemed like he didn't know a lot of it. He didn't know a lot about it or didn't really know what I was talking about and couldn't grasp the fact that an American would openly talk about our intelligence agencies fucking with that part of the world. Uh, you know, starting with the end of world war two, when, you know, our intelligence agencies uh, propped up, and armed and trained and engaged in subterfuge and sabotage and covert activities against the Soviet Union. And Ukraine was a, was a vessel for that and was a, was a buffer and a proxy to do that. And I said, you've, had, you've now had that network in place for almost 80 years. And, you know, it's coming to, it's coming to a head now. It's coming to a head over there. And, and right. I, you know, that's the perspective. And I, I argued 
the libertarian perspective that we shouldn't be fucking with that part of the world and, and having bases all around Russia and then, you know, NATO. And, you know, I, I, I said, you know, for a Ukrainian audience, you know, there, there are Americans who are we are against this. We don't want to send you $40 billion. And I, I kind of tried to tell them it's, it's a money laundering operation for the arms industry in the United States. It's kind of like how I tried to break it down. But yeah. I don't well, know. I don't know. You know. It's an emotional thing for a lot well, of people. Of course, yeah, I feel bad. So it's horrible. I mean, yeah, I, I feel bad. His family. He's from Ukraine. His family's there. His friends are there. He's not there right now. He's he's a refugee and uh, he's living in Norway right now. They gave him asylum in Norway and they're helping him out. But you know, I just said this just didn't happen in a vacuum. Putin didn't just one day invade Russia, invade Ukraine, and bomb Ukraine and do this. There's a lot historically you can look to, and then the most recent, obviously starting in 2014, with what happened over there. <coughs> All right, Those, so here's the one I found. That's uh, I made picture. Oh, sorry, it's a no, picture no. of uh, Eisenhower with the paratroopers before they jump. And it says, here's the deal, guys. I know the Russians suck, but we need to ally with them at all costs to defeat the Nazis so that in 80 years we can arm them to defeat the Russians. Come on, Mike. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. God, it's actually so, I just uh, retweeted it and said relevant hashtag D-Day. So. Nice. Beautiful. People who hold on to their narratives and their team baseball do not like being called out on that bullshit. They do not like that being pointed out to them Dude, because it shatters their, their closely held cherished myths. You know, I just typed in Reed Coverdale um, Nazis, and there's a lot of tweets about Ukraine. <laughs> like I've, uh, I, I'm never going to be one of these people. Like if you type in Reed Coverdale Yemen, Reed Coverdale Palestine, uh, I haven't done enough on Somalia because I don't know enough about it. But um, I, I've you know how people like when someone's talking about free speech, they go to their profile and like look up Assange and see if they've ever said anything about them. Like I've got my bases covered with most of the interventions. So yeah, but there's still a lot to go, and there's going to be even more that haven't happened yet that will happen. Oh, fuck yeah! I like the saying, "I'm already against the next war," so I'm because I'm a veteran. Because I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran. I adhere to the principles of our Lord and Savior's two-time Congressional Medal of Honor winner, Smedley Butler. I I was waterboarded with Fago. Okay, <laughs> it was bad. I'm against. I don't want. I don't want anybody to be waterboarded with cherry-flavored Fago. What did he get waterboarded by a bunch of juggalos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran. That, that just negates it, the other side's argument completely, right? Like they're just yeah. Well, have you served? Did you serve? Well, no, I haven't, Governor. Okay, well then don't talk about it. You can't talk about it. Why? Because I'm, I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran. <laughs> That'd be, that should be a, a good drinking game. Oh God, yeah. Every no. time uh, Jackman says I'm a veteran or Infowars.com, we drink. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh. Pretty damn good, man. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got, Mike. I, I think we covered. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know what else to say about Azov except fucking dude. Well, support I, I'm Azov. excited. Yeah, and I'm excited to see Paul McCartney wave the Ukrainian flag at Fenway on Wednesday. I'm not going to lie. Very that's gonna excited be, for that. It's going to be everything. It's going to be good. We're going we're gonna to send the proceeds of eight days, eight shells a week to Zelensky. You know. Yeah. He's, he's going to play Paul McCartney in the biopic. I'm a Zelensky stand. Put a bullet in Putin's brain. We got to be with Prime Time soon. I miss him. I know, dude. He's trending. Right the gay club, dude. At the club. Yeah. He was. 
I want to do like a YMCA spoof where we all dress as the village people and uh, <laughs> do some kind of dance with them. You know, I lost my audio. I'm trying to figure it out. Reads like, oh, is everything? Looks like we got a couple questions. Last time Top Gun was popular, what war was being pushed? Well, that was 1986, the year I was born, actually. So it's probably like the Iran Contra era or Soviet. Yeah, we were just anti Russian sentiments. And um, even though Ridley Scott didn't didn't specifically say the enemies were, uh, you know, Soviet Union, you could probably probably ascertain that it was, you know, there's a red under your bed. You know, that was the uh, that was the popular sentiment at the time when Reagan was president. Um, and then another question, uh, which Paul will it be? <laughs> uh, well, you know, some people believe bio Paul, a.k.a. biological Paul, passed away in, what, 65 or 66 and uh, was replaced by William Shepard, a.k.a. Billy Shears. And, um, you know, I, there's probably a couple of different actors have inhabited the role. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Daniel Day-Lewis is Paul McCartney at this point. You know, he, he hasn't made a movie in a few years, so... You know, he, played, he played Lincoln, so why not Paul McCartney? You know, stinking but, uh, Lincoln. Fuck Lincoln no, we, with a railroad spike. He's like, fuck Lincoln. Yeah. Take his top hat. He's got particular umbrage, Mike, and animus towards Abe Lincoln. He does. Yeah. Every time I see does. a five dollar bill, I burn it. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's there. Yeah. So he we got Paul day. McCartney. We got Paul McCartney on Wednesday, and then. Uh, um, just over a month, we're going to see Brian Wilson, the co-founder of the Beach Boys, with uh, Al Jardine, another original Beach Boy. That's going to be fun. Paul, Ron, Paul, Ron. And, then Ron, yeah, and Ron Paul's opening for uh, Ron Paul McCartney is opening. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Paul McCartney. Well, you guys got to get free. you got to get the good doctor on Jackman Radio now. Yeah. Just yeah. give Dan McBase to call and say, "Hey, can you know you got to have him on too? I want to see that too." But yeah, we want to have. I would love to have both of them on. Eric, I think this one's for you from the analytical failure. You want to take this one? Can we hear how Caitlyn Jenner would solve Ukraine? Well, first of all, I would put a call into Zelensky and say, "Honey, you got to do something about those high heels you're dancing around in, because those are the wrong ones. You're wearing Pradas, babe. You got to wear Gucci." I'm all about the Gucci, Zelensky, Gucci, Jenner. It's going to be a new brand coming. It's going to be coming out this fall, and it's going to include grenades in the heels, and you can kick it right at the Russians and go, surprise. <laughs> I thought you were going to have something about running over all the Russians with your Suburban or whatever. But well, We could do that, too. We could send over. So we, could get, we could work with Tesla and have them send over some Tesla trucks and run right over those Reds. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for that super chat. Yeah, he liked it. He or she, they or them, or it or Z or Zem liked it. So that's good. That's definitely good. Well, yeah, that's pretty much all I got, Mike. You know, I, I don't really, I don't know yeah, what else. I mean, beyond, Liberty, has... beyond Liberty Read, I don't really know what else there is. Yeah, does he do Liberty full time? At this point, uh, Reed Cooley is doing Liberty full time. Yeah, wow. Reed Cooley, he's amazing, isn't he? Yeah, he's he became he became my world like in the span of like eighteen minutes upon <laughs> meeting him and Reed being like, yeah, he's the other Reed. I've had him on my show. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I felt this vibe, Mike, and he he you know he was kind of there's some John Edwards RFK Jr. going on, very boyish, yeah. very boyish. Yeah. There's something about those Reeds in the Liberty Movement, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's really also is. his middle name. I'm not, I don't even know what his first name is, but. You know, yeah, both... Reed, Reed Edwards Cooley is what we're going to call yeah. him. <laughs> John yeah. Reed Edwards Cooley. Yeah. 
Yeah, because Reed Coverdale is a, is a nom de gar. It's not. It's not your actual uh, Christian name, is it? It's true. It's true. It's Wait. Scott. Actually, Reed. I think John Edwards' middle name really is Reed. I think so too. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, but it's spelled R E I D. Oh, yeah. good. But it is Reed. God, that's funny. What a, now, a, I didn't. I didn't know when I had the affair with Rael that my wife had cancer. So you know, it's but yeah, but you know. So oh, that does not. There we go. What's yeah. that? So was, I think you should be S. Reed Coverdale, just short. Yeah, I should. It, that'd be a real kind of. Um, well, my sister used to go by her middle name, and she just got rid of her first name, like a couple months ago. And I'm like, not a bad idea. Do you, Do you have two sisters in the military, Reed, or just one? You have one sister, and she's in the military. I got two sisters, but only one in the military. Okay, one's in the military. Okay. How, how was that Thanksgiving? What's that? What's Thanksgiving like when? You know. What's that? I said, how was Thanksgiving at the Coverdale house? Oh, if, it's uh, always interesting. I have... <laughs> Last time I got into uh, an argument about cultural appropriation with my older woke sister. And I asked her, do you have any Native American friends? And she said, no. And I'm like, well, I do. I'll ask him what he thinks about cultural appropriation. So <laughs> we all know who that is. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, I thought of a good nickname for him on the flight back, Chief Sitting Based. <laughs> Chief sitting based. <laughs> That's good. I think he'd like that. Oh yeah. That's uh, Chad. He's got a good sense of humor. Yeah. It's oh, Chad. Yeah. Surprise. It was fun hanging out with it's so much fun hanging out with him. Um and it's cool, you know, like you could tell that he does not let a lot of people into his inner circle. Like you've gotta earn his trust. And we have, like we've you know, we've never turned our backs on him. And, and so many people, like, they use him for clout, and then they'll just ditch him to the curb, um, you know, and we don't do that because, uh, I mean, Ryan or uh, Eric and you have been watching him for, what, 20 years? I've been watching him for, like, six years now. And I don't know. He's got good info. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be his friend. Like, I mean, he goes a little off the rails sometimes, but the, you, we all do. You know, we all got our defects, and he's – like, you know, for any reason someone wouldn't want to associate with him, there's so many more reasons to support him, in my opinion. So I'm happy to be his friend and stand with him all the time. So Yeah, Dawson is uh, true of heart, man. Yeah. He really is. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I believe his heart's in the right place and he's not a hateful person, regardless no, of all the, not at all. all the bullshit that gets put out there about him. Um, I, you know, I don't agree with everything he says. I, I certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, cover some of the topics he does because, A, I don't, know, I don't know as much as he does, and, B, it's just why even go there with some of those topics? Like, so, but it's his right to do that, and I support freedom of speech for everybody, and I also support freedom of association, and um, just because you associate with somebody or you've done a podcast with them or you know them doesn't mean that you agree with everything they say or, or, or how they – you know what they do, but that's that's America, baby. You know, and we're we're losing that. People want to punish you. Yeah, that's the that. standard. Where if your friend does something at a party, you're responsible for what they did. Yeah, it's on yeah. you. It's on you. Yeah, no, man. You, you just you look at any of the research he's done. I mean, that New Mac documentary was just so well researched and so deep, and and goes into things, man. You literally just you. No one else is making these connections. And, and putting yeah. them all together and then presenting them in an hour 20 format where, you, you know, you, you watch it a couple times, you got to take notes and write down and you start going into these names and these groups, and these organizations. 
and then all the dots he connects, and it's just like, oh my god! And it, it is well, it is, yeah, it is well done. I mean, this was a room full of guys, mostly guys who had just sat through an entire conference that went like four hours or something, and most of us were running on like a couple hours of sleep, and. It was an hour, 20-minute uh, film. Nobody fell asleep. Like, everyone was awake the entire time and, like, whoa, whoa. I mean, it was yeah. – and uh, he's just done a ton of work on it since he first screened it to me back in uh, March. Like, lots of great animations. Uh, it's really, really high uh, production quality. So, um, it's, it's very good. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean, his – the information he has is, uh, you know, uh, War by Deception and, you know, his 9-11 stuff. I mean, yeah, I've spent time pausing it and going through it and looking at it. And it's all there, man. Although they, they really have tried to memory hole a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of accurate stuff that was reported. And it's underreported stuff that's never been debunked or, or retracted. And um, he's just able to stitch it together in, into a completely different narrative than what we've been told. And it's, it's some of the most important work. On our foreign policy on 9 11 um on israel palestine um that's out there so should absolutely be supported you know 100 all really good yeah. stuff well we just hit the two hour mark mike you think we want to wrap this yeah up? i i hit all the, the topics yeah that i wanted to cover uh, did, did you have anything you wanted to plug or add read or, or uh tell our audience what they can expect from you uh although i think you said um speaking you, of podcasts yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a show tomorrow with uh, Joe Evans, who's running for Congress in Idaho. Uh, and then after that, it's probably going to be a little while. Well, actually, I'm going to meet up with our mutual friend, Dak Rulo in Iowa on my way back, hopefully on like Sunday. Um, so we might do a live stream when we're together because he's due to come on my show for the month. And then the Four Horsemen on the 19th. And then the speeches at Pork Fest, and then I believe I'm going to be going to Freedom Fest in July in uh, um, Las Vegas. So, yeah, uh, subscribe to the channel. I'm the only Reed Coverdale, the only naturalist capitalist. Uh, buy my merchandise at toplobster.com. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you boys. It's not too long away now. Uh, I'll just see you, Eric, but I'll see both of you in couple weeks yeah so. it's not going to just be us meeting up at conferences now we're just we're going to be we're going to be basically be neighbors you know we're going to do liberty full-time so we're going to be we're moving towards doing liberty on like a full-time permanent basis mike <laughs> and speaking of that i put the link here patreon.com slash jackman radio we haven't had any issues with patreon everyone's always like it's going to get nuked you're going to get nuked we've been we've been fine with it we haven't had any issues and we're just asking people five dollars a month ten dollars a month um, you know, go on there. If you like what we do, um, you can also hit me up on Venmo. We, you know, I use Venmo and I'll put that in here too. And Mike, what were you talking about? A cup of coffee earlier? Yeah. Buy me a cup of coffee. I'm looking into get, getting us on there. Um, I know Jason Burmis has an account with them and you can, you know, if you like a particular video or a project or the channel, you can throw five, 10, 15 bucks at, you know, at it and they take 5%. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. And they, you know, they don't, um, they don't, doesn't sound like there's any censorship issues and Jason uses it. So I'm looking into adding that as well. And, uh, yeah, you know, like I said earlier in the stream, we're looking at a potential studio space that right. we, that we want to get going on. So 
every bit helps, man, to keep the operation afloat. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And we'll check that out when Reed gets back into town. Well, awesome, Reed. I'm glad you made it back from Texas, dude. It was what a trip that was, man. Thanks for putting that together. And yeah, you know, we're, we're just we're a family, and it's just the, the the adventure into autism has only really just begun. It really has. Like, oh, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have gay white boy summer, dude. Uh, gay boy summer with Phil Lebon from All That Remains, like gay, gay liberty. Are, yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, he's everything. He's like, oh, he's retarded. <laughs> Not him, just you know. Yeah, that's, that's a, a readism saying in general. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Yeah, thanks for tuning in to Jackman Radio. It's good to be back for a live stream. All of you who watched and super chatted and your comments. Um, I go back and I do read them. Everyone reads the comments. Anyone who says that they don't read the comments is a liar. They're dirty, rotten liar. They're dirty, rotten traitor like Bo Bergdahl, and they will be executed, okay? Yeah, we so. appreciate it, guys. And we've got some uh, more shows coming up and some great guests, as always. And, uh, you know, keep the faith. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you Liberty. next time. Freedom Liberty. and day forever. And peace is popular, and it's still popular with the young people. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time.